doggy. Show 200, what, probably 189 too many? Sound good, jerk? No, not a fan. All right. How many wins they get this week, right? Two? Uh, Yeah. In this the- economy? I know, right? Fuck, run it. Hey now, boys and girls. That is so not the right screen. <laughs> I can tell right now. Like we're already like off the off the rails. It's gonna be a, a it's gonna be a fantabulous show. It's gonna be fantabulous. Even though I drew I dropped this shit in early. There we go. Episode two hundred, baby. December third, twenty twenty three. Episode two hundred. We're going to talk about the first 12 games versus the last 12, even though tonight was 25th. A little bit of Blackwood versus Kakadin, but of course, we are always going to welcome you back to another episode of The Pucknologist, your only completely live, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free San Jose Sharks podcast, wrapping up the week in Sharks hockey, a proud part of Teal Town USA. Remember, keep us commercial-free. You can use that super chat option during the live shows. Better yet, hit us up on Venmo. You can find us at Teal Town USA. Nobody wants to crowbar in any advertisements, so this is what we do. If this is your first time checking out our cast, remember to subscribe on the platform of your choice. Leave your takes in the comments section if you're not with us live. But if you need that 24-7 fix of the Sharks Talk, you can hit up the jerk man on the Tweety at hockey underscore jerk to score your very own Discord invitation. And remember, this season, every episode of The Puck Knowledge is we're giving away prizes, so pay attention. And also, hey, you're on iTunes? I, dude, I couldn't go this entire week without hearing about Spotify wrapped this and blah, blah, blah. So, hey, man, if you got us on iTunes or Spotify, do us a favor. Throw us five stars. Leave us a uh, you know, solid review. We'd appreciate it, man. So, bro ham. Quite the uh, interesting way to to run out the week. I mean, it it is a Pucknologist takeover of After Dark, so of course we talk about the game you just saw. I mean, the Sharks take a 1-0 lead. They have a 2-1 lead. Aren't able to figure either of those things out. And then, after being down 5-3, get a little nuts. And... End up being down 6-5. You have to say, it was some entertaining hockey tonight. Yeah, I mean, definitely considering they were going up against the Rangers, arguably the best team in the Eastern Conference, the fact that they had hung in there as long as they did, I was very impressed. The, Um, The fact that the Sharks have been out there you know, since the game against Boston, and and when was that? That was uh, Thursday, right? So they so flew out on Wednesday, played Boston on Thursday, played New Jersey, or yeah, played Boston on Wednesday, played Jersey on Thursday. Had no, I'm totally off. Went, I'm sorry. Flew out Wednesday, 
played Boston Thursday, New Jersey Friday, had yesterday off, then played. I get so confused when the Sharks don't play Saturday. Uh, but they play. Or Tuesday. Right. <laughs> but they play the Rangers tonight. Meanwhile, the Rangers played last night in Nashville. So it's like the Sharks, the fact that they'd been out there for you f- for a few days, they had yesterday off. Meanwhile, the Rangers had to travel. I mean, not the worst game I've ever seen. No, I mean, like I said, that the, they opened the scoring, and you know, especially in the first period, like to to come away uh, after the first period only being down by one and having scored two goals, I <laughs> I thought as that was as close as the Sharks could get to a win without actually winning, right? And Dude, the first period was a riot. Five goals in one period. You're like, whoa, hey, wait, what? That's what I'm saying. And I like, regardless of the outcome, I legitimately was very happy with the way the Sharks played today. Like, they hung around. You know, they they um, aside from very early in the first period, they didn't have the lead all that much. Um, so to not go away despite the fact that they were mostly behind. I I found that to be really impressive and I think it's something that moving forward hopefully they're going to be able to continue to play that way. Maybe maybe get them some more wins. I know we don't really want wins this year, but you got to move forward at some point like we always say. Well, we've been talking about it this this whole season. I think Ian's been flying the flag. It's like, you know, look, go ahead lose all the games you want to lose, but at least entertain me. And tonight was one of those entertaining games. Right. D- despite giving Breadman a hat trick. <laughs> he's and that's the thing is is he's been one of the specifically Panarin, he's been one of the most consistent and probably one of the best players in the NHL this year. So to see him get a hat trick, I was kinda like, Well, you can only contain the best player in the league right now for so long. Uh, well dude, <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny you say that. It's not like they gave up a hat trick to like you know Ryan Lindgren or something, you know. Sure. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, ah, uh, you know, if that's the guy who's gonna get it, I can understand it. But yeah, the I mean, the Sharks opened it up. Duclair less than four minutes in from Burroughs, and right then you're starting to feel it because I mean, look, over the last week and a half or so, dude, has it not been kind of the the Cunning Duclair Granlin show? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the fourth line has kind of been carrying the mail uh quite a bit for the Sharks going back the last month or so. So to see you know <laughs> offense uh what's that the top, <laughs> from the top end of the lineup is is obviously been you know, very encouraging, uh, very nice to see, uh, especially for some of these players that the Sharks maybe kind of are flirting with trading, you know? Mm. Well, the, the other thing, and then LeBanc getting assists tonight, I think on the broadcast they said it's like Chief hasn't had a point in 16 games. Yeah, it's it's been real <sighs> brutal for him. Like <sighs> the last couple of years, the last couple of years were brutal, this one, I feel like his he's, despite his best efforts, he's found a new level of brutality. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I felt like tonight uh, it was a you know again it goes back to the fact of look they lost, but goddamn if they weren't entertaining. Yeah, they pissed away a, a, a lead twice, mm-hmm. but we are talking about the New York Rangers, right? But and and I will say there was uh, 
uh, shall we say, a little bit of a feistiness to the game tonight. There was, I mean, there yeah, were. I mean, there was. There was some intensity, as they say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at the penalties, it's you know, San Jose took four, New York took two. I felt like there probably could have been could have been a few more given out. There was definitely, uh, you know, kind of an edge to it, but. I liked what I saw. And again, it just goes back to the whole idea of we know you're going to not be a very good team, but just don't go out there and shit the bed. And tonight I was I, like, I was kind of like, you know what? I, I will take that loss looking at the way that they played. And how much did you love to see Barabanov coming back tonight? Well, coming back, right? And then scoring, you know? Oh, dude, like, like off his knees there at the end. Right. And that I was like, you know, because again, like as just as, you know, you like the player. Right. But then so many other reasons, like as we talked about a couple of minutes ago, potentially a trade option going forward, but also somebody who was banged up and then comes back and makes an immediate impact because you you think back a couple seasons uh, ago where Barabanov was hurt. And when he came back, it wasn't it wasn't the smoothest kind of transition back into being a regular fixture of the lineup. So Uh to come in and it's only one game, who's to say what's going to happen down the road, but to come in and then immediately make that impact, right? It's positive encouragement, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah. Well, the one thing I was kind of interested in, and I'll be the first to admit, like I had a very full day today, you know, kind of a a little bit of an important football game that I was also like paying attention to. Uh, was there any word as to why Sturm missed the game today? Uh, he was a little banged up last I saw. Okay. That's fair. No problem. I was just wanting to know. I was like, I didn't hear anything now. Granted, I really wasn't paying attention to the pregame or anything like that because again, football was, uh, top of mind, but yeah, I was just kind of, all right, well, Panarin gets a hat, hat trick, but I saw Sturm and Emerson are injured and I kind of, that was the thing that like put my cackles up going, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, Sturm, this has been your money guy in the dot for, you know, for all season. And you go and look. Tonight, Zettelin, one for one. Carpenter, right at 50%, where, look, fourth line center. If he goes 50%, you're taking that as a win. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody, I mean, you want to be over 50%, but like like you said, right, as long as you're not getting completely killed in the draw, like, (laughs) There is something to be positive, something positive to be taken away from that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mike Hoffman won for four in the circle. Now, granted, <laughs> not his forte. We get it. Not. Yeah, I was gonna say not a center. So. Yeah, not the, not the guy that we're looking for in those situations. Right. Uh, and and I see uh, Puck guy helping us out in the production truck. Thank you. <laughs> Addison saying we want to create an identity for ourselves and have other teams know that we aren't going to quit. That's a that's a great. That's a great line for tonight because they very easily could have folded the tents at 5-3 going, well, you know what, boys, uh, I guess it's not in the cards tonight. Even though we had a one nothing lead, a 2-1 lead, and then we looked up five minutes later and all of a sudden we're down 5-3. But the fact that they came back and ends up being 6-5 and let's do it to the to the point where the Rangers had to like take a timeout there with a couple minutes left going, "Wait, hey, whoa, whoa, slow your rolls everybody." 
<laughs> well, they were in danger. I don't know if you saw the uh, the meme that the Sharks Twitter account had posted after the Devils game, but, you know, they didn't want to be on the receiving end of that. So, you know, the Sharks bang in two quickies towards the end, and it's kind of like, okay, we got to calm down. We don't want to get embarrassed too much here. <laughs> And let's see, Zetterlin saying good push at the end, not good enough. Yeah, which, I mean, happens, right? Like, there's still you still need to make growth, right? Absolutely, but it, you know, I, we've we've belabored the point since the beginning of the season. Is one of the things that the the Sharks just are going to have to fucking figure out if they want to be a successful hockey team and bring home a W is the fact that they can't get beat on the shot counter. And right. tonight, you know, it was 15 to 9 in the first, 14 to 9 in the second. They won it in the third, 10 to 7. That being said, they were you know, at that point they were having to try to come back. But still it's just uh, ends up being 36 to 28 and the faceoff percentage they got owned almost, you know, 54 to 46. But the power play, they did go one for two. The power play this week over the last five or six games, if I remember correctly, the the Sharks, that has been their one saving grace. It's been the thing that has actually kept them in a game or two. It's actually one of the things that I would say helped them win the game last Monday against Washington is the fact that they were able to manufacture a goal on the power play. Yeah, I mean, against the Bruins, not so great, but I didn't think that game in general was very good. But Oh, the goal you, the game where they didn't score any? Yeah. Right. But yeah, but you know, the even when it hasn't scored, the power play has gotten better looks as the season has gone on and especially tonight like one for two, but that's again, it's something you can build off of and you know, it's something that you can also track from game to game where the Sharks they do I mean, it's not a secret struggle at five versus five. And so if you can kind of dial in your power play, that's going to be a way where you can get more goals uh, down the road and maybe it gives you a chance to win. And, you know, especially tonight, you know, McDonald's goal in the power play, which side note, McDonald's scoring. Hello. Dude, um, he's all over the place. It, right it tied the game three, three on the power play. And so you kind of think, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's a path forward where the sharks can win this game. And the fact that I mean, l last time I looked, they, they, you put you put twenty guys out there, right? <laughs> At last check, yes. Yeah, twelve of them came away with a point. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to complain about that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's I mean, good lord, how do you complain about the fact where it's like twelve of your guys are coming away with a point where you've got on just on the back end, Ruda, Addison, McDonald, Burroughs, four of your six come away with a point, you kind of go, like, how do you not look at that and go, that's that's a positive step forward versus, you know, oh, shit, it's not Eklund and Hurdle and Hoffman. Oh, you know, and everybody else is a, is a you know, a dash two. <laughs> so at least it's being spread around. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and that's, what you need when you're when you're a rebuilding team, right? You want you want it to be spread around as much as possible because then, you know, and, and we're still a ways away, right? But you can go into the offseason and you can say, okay, let's look at everybody, what they all did. You know, is this somebody we want to keep around, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
not to say that I necessarily subscribe to the idea of moving a defenseman to forward, but <laughs> with with Jacob McDonald, you know, I mean, we talked about last year how he was like really not all that great defensively, and he's been moved to forward. He's got three goals, and all of a sudden, you know, who knows if that's going to be a permanent move, right? But that could easily be something for him to point to and be like, hey, like, you were going to get rid of me, but like now you can't because I'm playing well for you, you know? <laughs> well, and it's like you look at um, <clears throat> Jacob McDonald. Like, Chief right. only had 10 minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. Making the most of it. Fucker scored. <laughs> you know, like, hey, now. Power play goal. What's up, bitches? Like, this This looks to be, like, the new power play quarterback for the for the Sharks at this point. Appears that way, yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, getting to uh, Puck Guy there in the chat. From Zetterlin on chemistry with Granlin and Duclair. We have great speed. Granny likes to give great passes to me and Duke. There you go. That that dude, I mean, isn't that all you're looking for? <laughs> right. So. I mean, yeah, you you want I know I know we've we've made the point where you know, we've made the point where, you know, goals are better than scoring chances, of course, but if you're not getting scoring chances, then you're really not doing anything. So to build that foundation, you know what I mean? Like there I you'd be hard pressed to find something to complain about specifically with tonight. Yeah, this this is one of those games that if you're a Sharks fan rooting for draft lottery odds, you're like, okay, I like what you're doing, but oh, okay, all right, you did it, you did, you know, like you were entertaining, you put up some offense and whatnot, uh, but you lost, which is what we're really looking for this season. Right. This is like you know <laughs> the 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 sort of the action plan that all of us have been talking about for the last couple of years of who cares if you lose, just be fun. To your point, like this is you know, to the letter, <laughs> that plan in action. You know what I mean? Well, do, and 13 goals in four games. Right. Well, I wish some of them were on home ice, but whatever. <laughs> two of them. It. Two of them. Yeah. The, the fact that they have, I mean, let's be honest, dude. They went how many road games without being able to ever score more than one? Well, let's walk before we can run here. How many road games have they been able to win in prior to this week? Well, yeah, <laughs> zero, of course. <laughs> right. But you get what I'm saying? It's like all oh. of a sudden they've been like, oh, oh, wait a minute. We're allowed to score more than one on the road? Right. Like, that's fantastic. How cool is that? So you're saying that? So, I mean, dude, <laughs> it was 11 goals in two road games? And and somehow they still went one and one. <laughs> Show me a team who pulls that off. <laughs> well, if you recall, about a month ago, the Sharks were, you know, there was a week where the Sharks were averaging 11 goals a game. So <laughs> against, might I add. Yeah. So the way and, and obviously it's going to be touched on as we get into the more regular version of tonight's show. But all of a sudden, the Sharks don't look that terrible. Yeah, they're not the horrible. Office. Well, not only do they not look that horrible, Anaheim looks atrocious. Yeah, but Dude, I mean, what are they on? Like a nine-game skid? Yeah, after they had won something like that six or seven in a row yeah. to start the season. So, Yikes. I don't know. Like that's see, you mentioned Anaheim. Like that's the one where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's about time they're doing what we thought. <laughs> All right, let's get a couple more comments out of the room. 
post game from David Quinn. Just the way we stuck with it for 60 minutes is great. Not the result we want, but the mental toughness and resolve makes you feel good. Absolutely. Totally agree there. Uh, also from Quinn says Sturm and Emerson, lower body injuries found out after pregame skate. They're staying on the trip, but no timeline. I mean, holy crap. That is one thing that maybe I don't know is being talked about as much as it should is the absolute revolving door of injuries the Sharks have had to deal with since day one. Yeah, I'd be curious to know, you know, when they put out the list of uh, games lost to injury, I'd be curious to know where the Sharks end up on that list. It's got to be top ten. Yeah, I I would go a step further. I would say top five, maybe even top three, Oof. just because the fa- I mean Couture hasn't played it all this season, so Who? that's a run that's a running counter. But you know, just like you said, it seems like every time somebody's healthy, another guy goes down, right? Yeah. Root 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 um Benning, when Benning came back, Ruta went on the IR. Now Ruta's on the IR, Emerson's hurt. And it's the same thing. Uh, with the forwards, you know, like Cunnin and Zadina are banged up right around the time that Barabanov comes back. <laughs> right? They've been chasing it all year. Granlin <sighs> was hurt at one point. Sturm was, you know, not an injury, but was on personal uh, personal leave. You know, like <laughs> it's uh, the uh, the medical staff has been getting <laughs> – their due plus some this season to say well, the least and let me ask you this i th- i want to say this is a guy who i don't think is getting any of the cookies that like you talk about last man to the doggy bowl ryan mm-hmm. carpenter yeah he's played well like since he's come in could you could you ask any more of him no and the, and that's the thing like he's i would even argue he's doing more than has been asked right just because he was penciled in for the Barracuda maybe would be the shuttle guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's not the best on faceoffs this year, but even then 47% is not terrible. Um, he's not well, tonight, getting killed. Tonight, 50%. Right. He's not getting killed defensively. He's taking shots, you know, in um, kind of, you know, he's got more takeaways than giveaways, which is what you need at that, uh, at that level of the lineup. So for what's being asked of him, which is admittedly not, all that much he's still playing very well and i think is exceeding expectations and had a you know had what could have been the go-ahead goal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you puck guy for adding some more takes from the locker room from tonight's tilt against the rangers and the sharks from david quinn just the turnovers are frustrating in critical errors or i'm sorry in critical areas we got to finish our tracking and back checks we need to finish our second and third efforts. We left too much to chance. I got to say, I'm I'm getting a little tired of hearing Quinn talking about turnovers. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's when do we get to that point where the Sharks start to own that neutral zone a little bit better? And you look at that last goal that was uh, given up to, I think it was uh, Andre Miller. It was just like turnover, 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 bingo. <laughs> and you're just going, oh, come on, guys. You just, all you got to do is clear the zone in that situation. Also right. also from David Quinn from tonight saying, taking three penalties in the first period put us behind the eight ball. 
it, it did, but to, you know, to you know, let's call it what it is. At the twelve minute mark, Ryan Carpenter gave you a two one lead. So yeah, there was there were some penalties early, but it you know yeah the San Jose McDonald takes a high sticking penalty at five forty nine. Eklund uh, takes a hook seven fifty five. After both of those are already in the bag, you still have a 2-1 lead. But then towards the end of the period, Carpy takes a holding against against Panarin. I just look and I go, oh, man, like, okay, you might want to sit there and, and talk about penalties in the first period not doing you right, but facts matter. Two of those penalties happened. You still had the lead after them. Well, yeah, and I, I would agree with that too. I don't know how you can say – that puts you behind the eight ball, which to, to your point, all three of the Rangers power plays were in the first period. Only one of them was scored on. And from that point on, you know, if you, and I know that's not, this is not how the game is played, obviously, but <laughs> if you erase the first period, which is have, which had the, the, the penalties that killed you, right? Yep. The score was three to three if you erase the third period. So I don't know how you can say that three power plays for the Rangers killed you when after they were all killed off, the game was pretty even score wise. Absolutely. So I that almost seems like a, a little bit of a cop out. Not necessarily a cop out, but more of just like a kind of maybe poking at the de- the defensive side of things. Right. Where it's like, hey, like you know, we can't be taking penalties. We need to tighten things up, but I don't know, just kind of a weird sort of stance to take, but I mean, whatever. (laughs) Interesting hill to die on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Finally from Quinn out of the locker room tonight versus the Rangers. We're playing much better hockey. We've had a lot of adversity this year. I've said this a lot. No one has gone through more. Give our guys credit. We had a chance late. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's gone through more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> are you sure about that <laughs> yeah, yeah have you talked to all 31 of the team but look they a 6-5 loss yes that let's be honest dude it, it, when they were down a couple towards the end i'm like okay you know like just stick a fork in them they're done right. you know when it was like 6-3 and i'm like and it's over and then well, just, I, was, I, I was expecting as soon as it was six to three, I was expecting the Skype call to come through. <laughs> oh, t- dude, absolutely! Like, okay, it's over. And then to see the Sharks come back and within ninety seconds put two more on the board and make shit interesting enough to the Rangers were forced to call the timeout and go. <laughs> somebody had to tell the team, guys, we're playing the Sharks. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Yeah. And everybody went, oh, yeah, okay, we got this. So, anyway, uh, I mean, it, it goes back to what we've been saying since the beginning. Look, you know, just just don't be a doormat. Don't, you know, don't get completely walked over. Be entertaining. Show us something. You don't have to win every game, but... In some of your losses, you know, you we don't need to see back-to-back 10-1, 10-2 losses. Right. You know, be entertaining. <laughs> I've heard that losing 10-0 to two games in a row is not good for morale. That's, I, I mean, I've heard this, can neither confirm nor deny. 
And uh, Blackwood, I mean, God love this guy. We're going to get to get into him and Kacken in a little bit, but 833 save percentage tonight. And even even the broadcast was kind of lamenting, like, the, that's that's a puck that should never see Blackwood. Mm-hmm. And you have to give it up to him because this this Sharks team is on pace to set to set a ridiculous record for <laughs> you know shots allowed, chances given up. I mean, it's it's insane right now. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, and <laughs> if you are uh, if you're one who likes to dabble in wagering on sports, you know, <laughs> I I've yet to lose money from uh, betting on Blackwood to make. X amount of saves. So it's, you know, yes, it, right. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you wanted to find a positive out of this whole, uh, you know, thing they're calling a season, um, <laughs> dude, something to think about. <laughs> I mean, it's the same as like a, a little bit, right. Where it's like, uh, I always go back to, uh, Mike Smith when he was, uh, when he was on the, on the Arizona coyotes, he, pretty regularly had a really good save percentage, 9-10, 9-15, 9-20. But his goals against average was like almost five because the Yotes just allowed so many shots. <sighs> where it, like, you know, he would allow so much, but it was like he's still getting a bunch of saves. And see, and that's something that we're going to get into where it's like, you know, it says it in the scroll right now, you know, before tonight, even though Blackwood's 1-3-1, and one, he has a 9-0-9. Right. And a 2.82. <laughs> and you're like, those are really good fucking yeah, numbers. That's, yeah. I if I was if I was a team, you know, making a deep playoff run and my goalie uh, you know, was gave me what Blackwood gave the Sharks this week, like I would be like, All right, I'm I'm not even looking at the goalie because we're getting what we need, you know? Like Oh, dude. And that's and that's what's like chapping my ass when I keep hearing these uh rumors about moving Blackwood. And I'm like, if if Greer was to move Blackwood like everything you see behind me is coming off the wall. I'm I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I would be so chapped. It would have to be a really tantalizing return. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm just kind of like, what for you? What is it like? Swayman has to be like part of it. <laughs> I mean, well, if you're just going to make shit up, then Th- yeah, that's sure. what I'm saying. But you, well, you think people aren't making shit up with these silly rumors? Well, I don't think anything is silly. I, <laughs> I think I, I think a good GM kind of pokes around everything. Right. And mm. if a team if a team really felt I mean, especially like Blackwood, he's got team control. Right. You know, for at least two uh, one more year after this year. So if you and and Edmonton was a good example that we talked about last week or two weeks ago, whichever it was, if you think your team is in shambles in net, why not take a chance on a guy who has been playing very well this season? The only thing to consider is it's going to cost something because he's been playing well this season. You know, (laughs) I don't think anything. I I think where the Sharks are at right now, I don't think anything should be off the table. And that's kind of, you know. I'm sure there's going to be commentary about that. Well, we're we're going to talk about it a little bit because Elliot Friedman said something uh, similar to the effect uh, just regarding the blue line. But sure. I'm totally with you on that. Over this week, uh, as we uh, kind of dip away from 
Rangers Sharks. And for those of you who were at the game and everything, I hope you had a great time. It was certainly something to uh, enjoy. You didn't, you know, it, it certainly wasn't the Boston game. It certainly <laughs> wasn't those back-to-back 10-goal given-up games. So you saw something that was, uh, I would say, pretty goddamn entertaining but you know what was what else was entertaining this week again sharks threw up 13 goals in four games this week still went two and two but you have to appreciate that especially when you go back to what was it over the first 12 games of the season the sharks played what seven on the road mm-hmm. and had five goals <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so you have that uh the, i mean you start the week where tomas hurdles out for a game because kidney stones from what i understand uh you know not the most uh stress-free thing to deal with yeah as uh i've never had them myself but i know uh i believe uh, our colleague mark yeah, uh, he he had indicated that he had had one, and I know a couple people that have had them too. And it's one of those one of those things where you don't, from what I understand, you don't give it much thought until you have it. Yeah, you know. And then you're like, oh, I feel your pain. Y- yeah, yeah, you're kind of you know <laughs> laying on the bathroom floor, like just ready, <laughs> Balled ready to, up. yeah, ready to just give up, you know. <sighs> Let me ask you about this. Dude, Justin Bailey. I know there was a lot of talk about the beginning of the season. I know Ian mentioned it when when Justin Bailey got the call-up. And it was like, sure, call up this guy, even though Gushkin is like right there. Mm-hmm. I got to say, dude, over the games that Bailey has played, didn't play tonight. But, bro, I'm big boy who is doing all the right things. Right. Well, and it, it, I mean, it's not a liability. No, and I think it's the same as Ryan Carpenter that we talked about a couple of minutes ago, where expected to be a Barracuda guy, maybe he rides the shuttle back and forth, right? But he's come in, he's gotten points. I mean, he's got two assists, right? And, you know, I, I just, there's, he's kind of like the, uh, you know, the perfect guy, at least up to this point, right? Where he's playing well defensively. He's not taking penalties, which is awesome. And I'm and, sorry, did I say he didn't play tonight? Which in fact he did. That was my bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's been, you know, considering again, we go back to what's being asked of someone to your point. I thought he's played very well since coming into the lineup. Um, he's like I said, he's not, he's not causing the sharks any grief. He's not making them rethink the decision to call him up. Yeah. There's know? yeah. We're not sitting here going, Oh my God, Gushkin was there. What the fuck are you doing? Like, no, he's, right. he's looked good. And it's one of those things where, and you've said it before. It's like, I had my guy like, right. He, he's out there and he's doing what he's supposed to do, which I don't know. Is, is that called the anti LeBanc? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, dude, all this Vlasic scratching is making me itch. Yeah, I, I, I know that you've, in years past, you've kind of said on a pretty much weekly basis that, like, you're dying for it to get to this point. I and, have. Like, let him be the highest paid seventh defenseman in the league. Right. And and the thing is, like, I, you know, never did I disagree with what you were saying, but I didn't think it was going to get to this point. You know? <laughs> and yet here we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like I thought, like just, just you know, based on whatever you want to say, logic, loyalty, you know, 
roster configuration, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I didn't think Vlasic was going to be the guy who rotates in and out and is sitting in the press box more often than not. Like, and, and I think I like it and I don't, right? I like it because, again, you're, you're putting the keys into the hands of people who you want to be part of your future, right? But at the same time, you know, being a high-played player, and, and I don't think this is a Vlasic-specific thing. I think it speaks to anybody who would be in that position. Having a high-paid player kind of on the uh, in the press box, right? You always run the risk of ruining the relationship. You know what I mean? <sighs> I mean, yes. But it just, for me, it just comes down to, like, dude, you're... The young guys, is, like at one point, Vlasic, when you came up, you played somebody else out of out of a you know their position, and now mm-hmm. you're getting played out of yours. I mean, it's definitely circle of life, right? I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think that. Hi, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I didn't think he was gonna crater this fast. Dude, dude, and. Do, now, I'm not trying to be a dick. Do you do you think maybe just a scotch? And if you and if you think I'm talking completely out of school, that's fine. Call me out on it. Do you also think that maybe part of it is just kind of like you know what? I'm Mark Edward Vlasic. I came in here. I wrecked shop for a you know a really good amount of time yet was completely underpaid you talk to anybody i was underpaid like a motherfucker i was shutting down people left and right you know we played peter forsberg or this guy and nobody fucking put points up when i was on the ice and now it's just kind of like doug wilson handed him his bag and said yes i recognize you were underpaid now i'm going to give you the bag and now we're kind of at this point where Vlasic is just kind of like, well, look, I'm never going to get traded to the Canadiens, the team that I totally wish I was playing for. So I'm just going to sit home and count my money and play with my dogs. And, uh, you know, look, I'm out of here in a couple of years. Whatever happened, going to happen. Either way, I, I got my money. I'm just, like, it just, I don't know. It's it, Is it a lack of motivation? Like, what is it? Because Quinn is saying... I need you to think the game just a little bit faster. I need you to react just a little bit quicker. And the proof is in the pudding. He's been, I've lost count now. Is, is this like the seventh scratch in eight games? Sixth and seven? I don't know at this point. I've lost count. Right. I mean, it, it's to the point where now, you know, the Sharks have played uh, 25 games this year. Like, we're pretty much creeping up on the point where he'll have only skated in half of them, yeah. you know? Like that's how long he's been scra- how many times he's been scratched this season. I don't, you know, to your point about what you think might be the reason. I don't, you know, I don't know that I want to speculate just because I don't know, but I do wonder. <laughs> Say like, it. I wonder if it's just like, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily one thing, right? Like I, I really truly think it could be any number of things, right? It could be a physical health thing, you know, it could be a mental health thing. It could be a personal issue thing. It could be a professional issue thing. Like it could be any number of things. And so I, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to kind of pigeon my hold myself into one reason. Cause I wouldn't be surprised if it's multiple reasons all kind of thrown together, you know? 
And it makes you wonder if some of it is personal. And I'm I'm not going to be the person that sits here and talks about his personal life. If you want to find out about that, there are plenty of other avenues to do it. But who knows? It it just makes me wonder. Like man, like you, he was just such a huge name for the Sharks, and I will say an unheralded name, a guy who did not get the cookies when he probably should have. Right. So either way, I hope he's able to figure it out and be a large part of this team because, you know, after this season, he's still on contract for another two seasons. And if somebody says buyout to me, get away from me. (laughs) Well, and, and I agree. And I would agree with that completely. Like whatever, whatever your thoughts are, about how he's played the last four or five years. Like I genuinely like the person and, and the player, like to your point was an important piece of the team for a long time. And so to kind of, I don't know, like I, I definitely think if a guy is not helping the team, yeah, you have to call that out, but to completely turn on the person just because of age catching up. Like, I don't know that that's a fair criticism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to know who, who age never catches up to Joe Pavelski. Oh, weird. I didn't know he still played for this team. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know who who fell victim to this defensive train being way over capacity to the point where the fire marshals are coming in going, yeah, too many people in here. We got to clear shit out. Nikolai Kanizhov got waived yesterday, thankfully cleared today. Mm-hmm. So he'll be back down with the CUDA. Now, that being said, Elliot Friedman spoke on whatever he speaks on. <laughs> like to, At this point, I, I just can't keep track anymore. <laughs> so, there's Overdrive. There's TSN. There's this. And I'm like, I can't be bothered to keep track. All I know is the quote was basically Elliot Friedman saying the Sharks are – everybody is on the table from the blue line, including Mario Ferraro. But – I sit there and I go, man, I'm, I'm, su- how happy are you? Are you, are you like, are you joining me in the party to be like, Kanijov cleared? Yay. You know, like, I, dude, I was super happy. I totally thought somebody was going to take a bite. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do, I go back and forth, right? Because on the one hand, like, he wasn't, you know, like he was obviously waived for a reason, right? You know, and, and, well, and that the, the is D trains over capacity. Well, I, I think it's a bit more than that. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious as much as I would like him to play, you know, well and establish himself as uh, aside from the pack. He hasn't done that as much as I would love for him to. And so I think this is, you know, throwing him on waivers is, is kind of it's an opportunity where you can say, hey, if another team claims you, you'll get a chance to do well with them. And if you don't get claimed, you can play with the Barracuda, take a chance on yourself and and see if you can't kind of rebuild your image and come back up because the thing is like i i don't think putting kanijov on waivers to send him to the barracuda i don't think that's them admitting oh this guy sucks we want to get rid of him not at all i think it's it's, we're over capacity it's it's personnel to your point and i think it's also just hey you know what like you've not given us your best hockey go to the barracuda work on the fundamentals and then get better and then when we have room for you you'll be back up or when the uh, inevitable injury happens Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems to be a big thing for this season. So, 
Oh, man. All right. Let, let's just kind of run down what happened this week. So, you know, the Sharks pick up that win versus Washington. Ovechkin doesn't see the, the score sheet, which, of course, we all love, even though he grew up saying that, you know, the Sharks were his favorite team. Love that. <laughs> it was all about the power play in this one because the Sharks actually scored and yep. Blackwood stood on his head. And with that, the Sharks were like 5-1-1 one, and one at SAP. Like, if you remember last season, Sharks only had eight wins at home. So it's like, good <laughs> Lord. Right. And a suddenly hot power play showing up with Blackwood standing on his head delivers you a 2-1 and one win. Now, all that being said, run it back a week or so, my man, hockey jerk up in here saying, yeah, the Crapitals, I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a thing I would say. Yeah. So they walked away with that 2-1 victory. Then you've got Boston, that first game. The sh Look, the Sharks had to, they had to travel, and it is what it is. The fun thing about this, of course, being that was the 18th anniversary to the day that the Sharks traded Brad Stewart, uh, hold on, don't tell me, uh, Wayne Primo, uh, who was the third guy? Stewart, was it Was it Wayne Primo? Was it Marco? Oh, Marco Sturm, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Joe Thornton. So I've heard 18, that guy's good. I'm sorry? I've heard that he's good. <laughs> 18 years to the day, and they play in Boston. I thought that was great, but... That was a game. Hurdle did return for being out for that game for the Kidney Stones. Like I said, Vlasic scratch for the sixth time in seven games. But this one, I mean, the broadcast was lamenting about it. It was like no shots, no urgency, particularly on the fact that they had a full two-minute five-on-three power play and had nothing. Like they were saying, it's like, Jesus Christ, are we watching the Sharks or the Cuda right now? And the Sharks would give up yet another early goal. And that is something we're tracking. We'll probably talk about a little bit later where the first three and the last three minutes of a period have been a harbinger of doom for the Sharks a lot of this season. So it ends up being another road loss. And through then, you know, six total goals, you're like, Christ almighty. But then what happens? Head over to New Jersey. Boom, boom, boom. In one game. Six goals, all of a sudden they've, you know, doubled their amount of road goals. Your man, Timo Meyer, the guy that we're going to spend the next 10 years looking for, did not make the score sheet, bro. Yeah, I, I think, you know, nobody's going to, I don't think anybody's going to admit to this, but I think <laughs> this game in particular, I think was really important to win uh, more so than um, was being let on just because, you think, I mean, especially with from the perspective of, and I'm not, I'm not saying this as a way to like vilify the Devils or anything, because I think everybody would have done the same thing. But in the case of Zetterlin and in the case of Ohotiuk, like you're ostensibly given up on in favor of somebody who's better, and so it kind of puts a little bit of, you know, a little puts a little bit of cough, uh, sugar in your coffee to kind of <laughs> make an impact, right? And and then especially with Blackwood that is a situation where he was legitimately given up on. And obviously there were factors and, you know, that's, that's well, another that podcast. Factors? That's another podcast topic on its own, but the devils gave up on Blackwood, gave him away for practically nothing. And the thing is like, 
the Sharks acquired Blackwood, I believe it was for a sixth round pick. And in the, what, in the 18 games that he's played, I already think you could get more from him for him if you decided to flip him, you know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But let's, you know what though? Let's revisit that for a second, right? So it's New Jersey getting, wow, he's got graphics, (laughs) New Jersey getting Timo. 50% 50% retained, which, let's be honest, in, in the season means nothing. It's finer year of his deal. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah, sure. So If, I, if the Sharks could retain 100%, I bet they would have. Oh, dude. And, <laughs> and I would have fully supported it. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, you know, the, the Sharks also moved Scott Harrington, which, you know, wasn't. No longer there. Yeah, no, but, and again, not doing much for San Jose. Uh, Abragamov, not doing anything. Uh, a player called Hataka. Hataka, whatever. Uh, that was a player that we both liked, but again, too much, uh, too many seats taken on the D train, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then Zachary Iman, who I think, you know, we were kind of like, oh, I hope something. Oh, wow. I couldn't even get that sentence out before he shit the bed. Right. And then a 2024 fifth. Meanwhile, the Sharks get. Uh, Andres Johnson, he's not here anymore. Not even in the NHL anymore. Yeah, and I feel like, was that a cap dump for New Jersey uh, ostensibly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what are the picks that we're really concerned about? Zetterland. Oh, uh, Chief, Chief, Chief just happens to lead the Sharks in goals right now. Yeah. After 25 games. Yeah, all of the sudden, right? Yeah. Uh, Shakira, Mukamadoulin. Obviously, hasn't been up with the big squad, but he's not. He's not there yet. Yeah, he's not there yet. Needs a little time to marinate. But you go. What? How old is he? Twenty three. Right. And so, yeah, give him a year or so. Let him marinate. He's definitely a part of the future. I think we're all hoping for. Then you've got a Kokchuk, who, let's be honest, dude. Early on, I was very kind of like. <sighs> like maybe he should be marinating a little bit. And then, oh, I go and look at the at the stats like over the last 12 games and he's like the point leader on the blue line. Right. So you're like, oh, okay. And I, and I don't even give a shit when they throw up the pairings during the beginning of a game where it's like Ferraro, Emerson, Addison, Benning, you know, Akotchuk and Burroughs. I'm, I don't care. You have him playing on the bottom pair. You know what? He's contributing more than anybody else right now. Right. And then you get that 23 first and then a conditional pick next season along with the seventh rounder. So looking at this, and, and again, I know it's pinned on your profile. The Sharks are going to spend the next 10 years looking for the next Timo. Right now, you have to look at this trade and for the Sharks' point of view, when you look at the roadmap, you have to be pretty excited. Like, you are, are you looking at this saying, big money Mike, motherfucker? Yeah, well, and and when uh, when we did our show, uh, when we did our show in response to the Eric Carlson trade, which was, who you know, just about four months ago, um, we, uh, I had said, and you had kind of agreed with me, that, you know, even at that point, you know, at that point, it had been six months since the trade had come down. Even at that point, like the, the revisionist sort of lens, kind of <laughs> my it, favorite it, lens. Yeah, it, it, it sort of kind of it softened the landing a little bit, I would say. I, I 
believe I said something to the extent of this trade's not as bad as I made it out to seem on that podcast. And I think you could even take it a step further now that, you know, obviously that 2023 first round pick, we know who was taken with that pick. And there's obviously a lot of optimism surrounding him. It's Quentin Musty, by the way. Oh, um, I was going to say that you talk about an amazing amount of optimism. Didn't Chief like have five goals and four assists in two games this past week? Right. And and specifically with Musty, Musty is one of those guys where like you wish that there was um you wish that there was like some kind of special protocol for like petitioning. So when you're a uh, a Canadian junior player, you can't go to the AHL until you're 20. And I feel like Musty is one of those guys where you just wish there was some kind of petition that you could send in, right? Dude, I, I might be on record right now saying, you know what? I, I might have to, you and I might have to put down a fin if you want to take Will Smith like five, between now and five years from today. I, I might say Musty has more points than Smith. I'm not ready to say that. Okay. Um, but going back to it like obviously yes musty we know that second round pick i mean even if it ends up staying a second round pick you'll take that every day of the week just the fact that it can become a first i think is encouraging a hot there's a lot of room to grow there but i think he's played as well as he could mukumadulin is just you know it, it's an egg he mukumadulin is an egg and the sharks are sitting on him right now and it's fine you know that, that's exactly what you want don't throw him out there before he's ready yeah, and and Zetterland, you know, I'm, you know, you you know that you know, during the off season, I was probably one of Zetterland's few remaining fans, and oh, I was now, one of his big, biggest critics. Right, and now you know the shoe is kind of the other foot. Where to your point, he's been in terms of goal scoring and consistency, he's probably been the best player this year for the Sharks. Absolutely. And, oh, dude, so you should have saw me the the way that I was feeling tonight when they threw up the lines for the game between the Sharks and the Rangers, when I saw that Hoffman was on the fourth line, I almost flipped my fucking lid. Yeah. Right. Like, Why the fuck is Hoffman on the fourth line, you stupid sons of bitches? <laughs> and, you know, it, obviously, like, there's still a lot of runway, right, to know for Absolutely. sure. But the the pin tweet that you're alluding to about the Sharks spending 10 years looking for the next Timo Meyer. Maybe it only took him six months to find him. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe his name is Quentin Musty. Hey, now. And, oh, Sharks, Jewels. Musty had another two-point night tonight and has been on fire. He just keeps taking penalties. Well, you know what? That reminds me of a guy that I think we were just talking about. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Timo and the thing Meyer. Is... It would take too many penalties. He got that shit out of his system. And look what happened after that. Well, and that's the thing, and I think you know those, those, uh, those listening who watched the Barracuda uh, in 2017 when they went to the Western Conference Final, they remember it was death taxes and Timo Meyer minor penalty, and Multiple. to your point, <laughs> every you look every season, every subsequent season that has gone on, he's to your uh, dialed in the penalty minutes where like just the nature of his game being a power forward, like you're going to take more penalties than a sniper. Right. Sure. But as long as they're, you know, if you want to call them smart penalties, right. They're not, they're not penalties that are going to kill you. Right. Like it's, it's one thing if you, it's one thing if you like slash a guy or 
you board a guy or you cross check a guy like that's a dumb penalty. But if you're battling for the puck and guy falls over and you get a penalty, I think you just take it because you're battling, you know, that too. And, and, you know, not lazy penalties, right. You know, the, the hooks, the, the delay of games, all that type of shit. So I, I, especially as an 18 year old, like there's so much runway to work on that. Oh, absolutely. But this game to put a bow uh, on Jersey, dude, Granlin, who is a guy that I have like not been happy with through the first twenty games? All of a sudden, man. Yeah, dude. Three point I, night. Answer this for me. When uh, when the the Teal Town live about Eric Carlson getting traded when that was happening, you think I remember that? But go we, ahead. I I seem to remember, and I know Kevin Lacey's going to back me up on this. I seem <laughs> to remember a certain co-host who. Was kind of saying maybe with Granlin you rebuild that image and you get a draft pick or you get a quality player and I don't know I mean look like you can't you can't just ignore the first fucking however many ten games fifteen games of the season but all of the sudden what if I told you what if I told you Granlin was second on the team in points well not only that <laughs> the fact that it seems like through the first fifteen games there just seemed to be. Uh, that whole idea of the fact that you just it was a lot of trying to fit a square peg in a round hole mm-hmm. and suddenly Grandin and Duclair have kind of like unlocked the box. Yeah. So I was just like, oh man, where did this come from? How fun is this to watch? Hey, speaking of Duclair, I did want to point it out as well. Duclair! Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the <laughs> the zero bump or hero bump, whichever you want to call it. Uh, has made its return. I don't know if you happen to notice that or not, but uh, and and you can go back and listen to last week's podcast. There is audio evidence of us giving Duclair the zero and saying, "Hey, we need more goals from you, guy." Yeah, man. And four games this week, he had three goals. So <laughs> the zero bump lives on. I don't know that we get enough credit for the bump. I like <laughs> I like to think that. You know, when the Sharks, you know, they, uh, you know, they're standing in the locker room kind of waiting. And then you hear that, bam, 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 you hear that. And they start walking out of the <laughs> Before thing. they leave the bot. The, hold on. What did AJ and Jerk say? <laughs> no, I like, well, I just, I like to think that, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's, tra- you know, transcriptions of, of the R0 bumps printed out and uh, taped onto the wall. And they kind of, you know, give them a tap as they go by kind of thing. Oh, gotta love it. And, and and you know one of our one of our buddies I don't know if you saw the tweet one of our buddies pointed out like hey I think Duclair might have been listening to the podcast yes yeah I saw that that was awesome and the the other funny thing about the New Jersey game is the fact that it was the first game this season there wasn't a single shark that was a dash everybody was even or positive first road win of the season right first you know first no minus player uh, game of the season now. To be to be fair, and I know you hate that, but to be fair, aside from all of that, all the feels, what the hell was the shot on goal differential in that game again? <laughs> it was like 40, yeah. 47 to like 17 or something. And I forget who it was. There was somebody on Twitter that just had like attempts and it was like 139 to 40. Well, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what? Here's the other thing, too. Going back to our conversation um about the goalies right how valuable in a game like that is blackwood oh huge huge but he kakanen is the one who started that game 
Right. And and I think that's a larger commentary. Good point. That's a larger commentary on where the Sharks goaltending has been this year. Obviously, Blackwood has been the better of the two, but I don't really think that Kakinen has been all that bad. And, I would agree. And I think, like, whichever team, like, even the best teams, your Vegases and Tampa Bays and Colorados of the world, are going to have dud games, and you need your goalie to step up for you. And sometimes it works out to where you score four goals on uh, 17 shots and it just works. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Well, I forget who I was watching that game with. They're like, Oh, they're just trying to bury his GAA. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So everybody. <laughs> yeah. So we, we move on to the takeaways from of this week. Of course, it's very quick look versus Washington. It's a suddenly hot power play. With a Blackwood shutdown performance, they get a, a victory. Boston, it's you know, it's some travel. It's the first of a of a season long six game roadie. Again, no shots, no urgency. A completely wasted two minute power play with five on three. That leads to getting you know that loss. Then versus New Jersey, floodgates open, particularly for the second line. The funniest part, of course, being is that I was on the media call in the morning pre-New Jersey, and there was a Jersey guy, I shit you not, was asking about the health and when we could expect to see Alexander return. His name was not said as Barabanov. His name was spoken as Barabanov. And I was rolling. <laughs> I'm like, that is the best pronunciation I've ever heard. <laughs> For Robin up. Ah, so there we go. That is kind of the uh, four games wrapped up in a nice, tidy little bow here. So that means it's time to move on to our hero and zero. Uh, who is yours, good sir? And I, I, I kind of feel like there's really only maybe two choices. So, I, you know, I've in uh, past episodes, I've kind of taken the the roundabout uh, sort of four dimensional chess choice sure. uh, for these. Yeah, do I it again. Just, no, no, no. Quite the opposite. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit. It's Anthony Duclair. Okay then. I mean, four point four points in four games after a pretty brutal week before. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how he could have responded any better, short of tying the game tonight. Like, right? <laughs> you know, and I, the yeah. fact that kind of uh, a couple games before this week, he met with the media during post game, and he was the first one to own it and say, you know, look, you can say this guy didn't do this, this guy didn't do that. Look at my stat line. Did I do anything? No. I need to be better. I love Duclair. He's a hell of a guy. Oh, like, dude. He's the, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever ends up being the action plan for the Sharks, like, you just have to live with it, right? But if there's some kind of scenario where Duclair can resign, like, I, I'm hammering that <laughs> that narrative because I just think. Well, how old is he? Is he part of the roadmap? I think he could be, you know, I mean, he's not, what, like, is, he's, what is he like 28, 29? He's 20. Yeah. He's 28. He, uh, he just turned 28 a couple months ago. So he kind of, you know, if you go back to the point 
um, that I had made about the LA Kings rebuild. I, I don't even remember when I made the point, but it was like, <laughs> it was the, it was the whole thing of like, you can rebuild, but hold on to certain players into, and uh, you know, kind of until you push through to the other side. Right. Which is why like, you know, you think about when the Kings were rebuilding, like they could have traded Kopitar, they could have traded Dowdy, they could have traded Adrian Kempe, but they didn't. And yeah, well, and and trading any of those three guys would have really pissed off the fan base if they didn't get a, you know, Kings ransom in return. Right, but you look at it now, you like you look at what's going on for the LA Kings now, like they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, held on, so, held, held on to the right cards. Right, and so I think it's the same kind of thing where, you know, Anthony declare as a 28 year old pending unrestricted free agent. Like maybe it doesn't make sense, but maybe yeah. it does. Maybe you resign him to four years, five years, six years, whatever. And then when he's 30, the sharks are kind of kicking it into gear again. And he's in the prime of his career. Well, I'm going to go my hero of the week. I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, like I said, I felt like two, pieces kind of stood up from the crowd you took obvious one i'm gonna take obvious one a and say sure <laughs> and say grandland mm -hmm. uh i mean he like i said earlier clearly finding some sort of chemistry with duclair seems to be coming around for him despite the who was the guy who was in boston who was just like literally riding his back no call <laughs> I don't know who it was. <laughs> I was like that was that couldn't have been McAvoy, would it? <laughs> but just the fact that dude is riding him like a fucking hobby horse. No call, looks fine, it's all good. Let her grow. Five five points in four games, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like a couple of guys this week have finally, for whatever reason, it was you know it's like they've been playing with the Rubik's cube for six weeks and they finally got like a couple sides to line up in the same color. Well, not only that, but the thing with Granlin that I really appreciate it was McAvoy. Is, thank you. <laughs> is is you you look at the stats from the four games this week? Granlin is flinging everything on the net. Which, yes. if you ask me, that's the right way to play because so any got to shot lose, can man. go in at any time. Yeah, what do you got to lose? Low-hanging fruit are still nutritious. <laughs> so on the zero side of your column, who you who you eyeballing? Who are you giving that horse side to? Oh, my Lord. Um, oh, too many targets? There are. No, there's one target, but I just, I don't know. It, it For me, it's LeBanc. Like, yeah. I, just genuinely as a player, like, I like the player. I like the skill set, right? But... Dude, we three talk, we, three assists in eighteen games played, including tonight. Right, and, and we've talked about it multiple and, and times. And Chief this, is in a contract year. Yeah, that's the thing. We've talked about it multiple times this season, so it's not news. But coming off of an injury, coming off of inconsistent play, needing a contract like this is the time. Newly married, to, newly fathered. Yeah, like uh, you know, it's there's a lot of things like lining up really well where. You know, there was some negativity. Maybe you can kind of move forward and push to the other side. And no, like that's quite the opposite is what's happening. Like it almost seems like when the game is on the line, when the pressure's at its highest, like he's actually gotten worse, which is really <laughs> unfortunate to me. Because like I said, I genuinely like the player. But Especially when you consider how many assists he had during games. Oh, wait, nope. 
we're not resetting the counter. <laughs> but you know, like it, it's like he's he's gonna be like a year from now, like he's gonna be playing in Europe if he doesn't figure it out. Well, I was gonna say, there's a I, I think we've mentioned this at least a couple times over the last month. I mean, what do you even put the odds on him skating in a teal jersey come next October? <laughs> Is there a number that's less than 0%? Yeah, right? So, I, I mean, and, and, and I've got him on my list as well, but you you know, you know, took LeBanc. I respect that. Again, mine, obvious choice, Vlasic, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just haven't been – you've played once in, I want to say, the last eight games. And you have guys – that are, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years younger than you that are coming through. They're playing a little bit harder, a little bit faster, a little bit quicker. They're making decisions faster. Again, I don't know if it's Chief got his bag. I don't know what the motivation is here, but I I, I would love to see Vlasic get back into the lineup just for the fact that he, we've seen him do amazing things, shut down top score. You know, you 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 play a guy like Connor McDavid, and Vlasic's like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do like fucking flypaper. I'm gonna be all over his ass. Chief is not getting a point tonight. Like he would take that shit personally. <laughs> Michael Jordan, you know, I took that shit personally. <laughs> you know, a point of pride. <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> Dude, I loved it. Uh, but and- I, I, I like that you mentioned Connor McDavid specifically. Because if you remember if you remember that playoff series, Sharks-Oilers, right? Yeah. A lot of that dialogue was how McDavid and Vlasic were going to be basically stapled to one another, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at after, you know, the Sharks ended up losing that series. We understand that back in 2017. But, you know in that series for McDavid to only have four points in six games. I know 99% of the NHL would love that stat line, but that is way, way, way below expectation for Connor McDavid. And I think that speaks to the defensive prowess that uh, Vlasic had at one point. Absolutely. And things have gone, you know, 100 miles in the other direction for him. Yeah, and Molasses in the chat saying, in LeBanc's defense, he really isn't on lines that are great and... I would say that I would I would agree with that if he was playing out of his mind where it's you, obviously if you're playing on a shitty line and you're the great player you're going to stand out. He's not standing out. Well, and and that's the thing is when he's gotten opportunities to play on those lines, <laughs> he's made he's the least not, of them. Right. Whereas you recall a year ago he had opportunities and played very well. Mm-hmm. And this year it's been the exact opposite. And I don't. You know, I don't again, I don't want to speculate because it could be any number of things, but it's very obvious to me that, you know, a parting of the ways needs to it's imminent happen. Yeah. So the fun thing and th- and this is part of the uh thumbnail is it's about the first 12 games versus the second 12 games. Obviously, tonight's game was number 25, but the first 12 games, I just want to point out a few things, and it really has become a tale of two seasons so far, even though we're just beyond the quarter pole. The fact that 
through the first 12 games, the Sharks forwards scored a total of 29 points. Mm -hmm. The last 12 games coming into the New York game, all of a sudden 29 to 59 points. Kaboom, you know, like double, more than double the output. Defensively, in the first nine, or I'm sorry, in the first 12, the defense put up nine points. In the last 12, they put up 19. Again, more than double. And the one that'll really bake your noodle, butter your toast, cream your crop. <laughs> in the first 12 games, the Sharks were a collective dash 172. <laughs> Run the numbers. <laughs> okay. That doesn't seem ideal. Whew. Games 13 through 24, a collective dash 36. Now, that's not great, but it's leaps, bounds, galactic steps forward from dash 172. The first 12 games, Blackwood was 1-6-1 and one with an 892 save percentage. His goals against 4.27. In the last 12 coming into the New York game against the Rangers, Blackwood went from 1-6-1 to 2-4-1. So not a huge forward step, but save percentage goes from 892 to 915. That's epic. Huge. Goals against goes from 4.27 to 2.87. Huge step forward. First 12 games, Kakinen goes 0-4 and 0. The last 12 games, he goes 3-2 and 0. A actual winning record. And from the first 12, he goes from an 8.76 to the last 12 a 9-12 save percentage, and his goals against goes from a 4.3 to a 3.70. So I will tell you that the funny thing about that is that if you look, Blackwood's win wins, like total wins, are not as good as Kakinen, but his save percentage, his goals against are far outweigh Kakinen. So, you, you know, you can sit there and go, well, who's the guy do you want in those situations? Because I know uh, it's going to be, you know, whether it's Remender or whoever, they're going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, it's always about the W. You know, who's getting the wins? Who gets the wins? And it's like, come on. A lot of that has to do with the guy who's in front of you. <laughs> you know, there are fucking players in front of you, five guys consistently in front of you. They are going to dictate to a certain extent just how good or bad your numbers are. So, despite the fact that over the last 12, Kakinen's 3-2-0 and and Blackwood's 2-4-1, Blackwood still has a better save percentage and is almost a goal against better. What does that tell you? Blackwood ain't going fucking anywhere. I'm tired of hearing, you know, whoever the, who's ever dispelling these rumors, Stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> now, after 24 games, would it bake your noodle to know that Zetterlin leads this team with seven? Yeah, I 
I mean, dude, let's be honest. If we if we talked about this at the beginning of October, had no idea about Couture's injury, anybody would go, oh, uh, it's going to be, you know, after 24 games, goal leader, it's going to be Couture or Hurdle, one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And and, and then you pile on that Zetterlin, let's be honest, didn't have the best season when, you know, after after the trade. Right. Took him a little time to uh, get acclimated. Which happened. Yeah, absolutely. But dude, he's basically scoring every every third game. I I think what makes it so so special, so important, right, is the fact that he was one of the pieces coming back for Timo Meyer. Like if Hell yeah. Like if and not to disparage anything that Zetterlin could bring to the table, but like if he was a guy the Sharks drafted or like a guy the Sharks had signed as a free agent or maybe traded a draft pick for, like, yeah, you want him to do well, but it's kind of like, oh yeah, do well, not do well. Okay, cool. But <laughs> the fact the fact that it's you know, I would argue the depending on who you ask, either the second or third most intriguing piece in um in the the trade of the century for the sharks <laughs> like i i think there's extra weight to how well he's playing absolutely something I, to I'm, think about yeah no i'm i'm blown away uh i didn't have a lot of hopes i thought i'm not I, blown away i i'm blown away because i'm pleased but not blown away oh so be pleased i'm a little blown away because my uh i set the bar uh super duper low sure so I'm pretty happy. And now let's throw some context on that plate. Would Zetterlin be in the position he is right now if we didn't see those injuries to Couture and Barabanov? But maybe that is a case, referring back to LeBanc, Zetterlin is making the most out of these opportunities he is being given because of those injuries, whereas LeBanc is, shall we say, not. Well, and specifically with with somebody like Barabanov, right, where it was, num- you know, where it was maybe kind of 50-50 on whether it made sense to trade him or bring him back. If If all of the sudden... You have, to your point, like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I expected Zetterlin to lead the team in goals, but I expected him to play well, right? Yeah. And so, for all of the sudden, a guy that you had penned for maybe your third line at at best, right? Sure. For him to all of the sudden lead the team in goals, I think it might tip the scale in favor of trading when it comes to somebody like Barabanov, like uh, Duclair, like. Zadina, even Solid though Zadina's point. hurt, Solid where point. you you finally, for the first time in a long time, you feel like you have that backfill, you know? Yeah, no, and this is something we've, I mean, we've heard it from Wilson, we've heard it from Greer, is guys are going to come in and they're going to try to take other people's spots. If Zetterlin is able to come in and make another shark expendable, so mm-hmm. be it. Well, and, and what comes to mind for me and it's kind of funny too, right? <clears throat> but you look at the way this would have been right, bef- right before the Sharks uh, made the playoffs for the final time, right? Oh my the- God, it was so long ago. I don't know if I can <laughs> remember that far back. I know, right? 
but you look at where kind of how things uh, progressed, right? You had guys like Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc are specifically the two that kind of fit into this narrative. But you look at from, I would say, 2017 to 2019, you look at how those two players grew. It made certain guys expendable, guys like Mikhail Bodker, who I know he did not live up to expectations, but he was somebody who it was a lot easier to get rid of him because you had backfill, right? Sure, and, and the fact and, that he injured your best player. Right, and, you know, to, uh, you know, it kind of made, <laughs> I'm going to catch a lot of shit for saying this. Oh, but, say it, baby. But, you know, it, it, it kind of softened the landing on letting Patrick Marlowe go, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I don't have a problem here, with that. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, isn't it funny how Marlowe leaves and the best team in franchise history happened two years later? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here. And, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because that's just bullshit. But you lose Marlowe, which was a huge loss. But then it's like, no, it's okay because we've got Timo Meyer coming in, who's awesome. We have LeBanc coming in, who's awesome. Joe Pavelski has somehow found another level. We brought in whatever your, you know, oh, personal shit aside, Evander Kane did score goals on this team. Sure. And so it just... Solid year. Right. And so I think, you know, having that backfill makes it a lot easier to let guys go. Like, I I would be bummed out if Barabanov did get traded, but I yeah. feel better about it after seeing what Zetterlin has done thus far. I, well, I totally agree with you. The thing that I think would also... I, th I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I think you and I would both be okay, uh, both as huge Barabanov fans, yay? Yep. The fact that if the Sharks were to get something decent back, like say, say a third or a fourth, which I don't think is out of... I think that's probably aiming low. Well, okay, then there you go. But last I looked, Barabanov was a, was a waiver claim. So no, he was. Uh, I thought it was a claim. No, you're thinking of um, you're thinking of <laughs> Rudolph Balsers from a couple years ago. Well, how did they get Barabanov? They traded uh, Auntie Suomela for him. Oh, okay. Well, it's st then still found money, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, I was thinking of Balsers. But either way, dude, moving Suomela for Barabanov is found fucking money. Even if Bar, like even if Barabanov walks away as a free agent you still came out ahead in that transaction absolutely but if you can move him for any time and, and how old is uh barbie right now like 28 29 right now he is currently 29 he just turned 29 back in june okay so 29 and he's on the last year of his deal or one more correct uh, he's going to be a free agent at year's end okay so yeah dude Tell me he is not just like low-hanging ripe fruit on the vine for some team that would love to have a little bit of scoring depth in their second Cheap and third lines. Depth. And, yeah, and at a very affordable price. Yeah, dude, if you can pick up like a high third from that, dude. I, I mean – I, and I think they did the smart thing, the sh them being the Sharks. They did the smart thing, like whether it's, you know, whether it's keep him or trade him, right? Like I'm fine either, either way. Yeah, no, I am too. But regardless of what the plan is, 
they put him with Hurdle and Eklund for this game tonight. And, like, <laughs> you know, and so regardless Featured. Of, right, so whether, whether the plan is to trade him or the plan is to keep him, you have him in the right place. And exactly. that's going to give his offense the best opportunity to grow, right? And I've been saying, like, I mean, I think I said it the last time he was a free agent. It's like, I can think of five teams right now who would be dying to bring in a player like Barabanov just because of what he's proven to be able to bring uh, to a top six while also not making a lot of money. I mean, I know, I know two years ago when he was a free agent, I think he was, I think he was making a million bucks or he might've been making a million and a quarter, something like that. Even at two and a half million, that's still a value piece to have in your, uh, in your lineup. Like I said, with Hurdle and Timo Meyer, he played extremely, extremely well. Imagine, say, say you're, say you're Tampa Bay, and you kind of you're looking for somebody like who could we do with Point and Kucherov? <laughs> you know, say you're Vegas. Who could we do with Eichel and Marcheseau? Say you're well, and tell I mean, me Vegas wouldn't love trying to move some other piece back in order for some your fa- your second favorite player. I mean, it's gonna cost. It's gonna cost something, but I'm not against it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Say you're. I mean, I'm trying to like say you're the New York Rangers. You know what I mean? How would you feel about you put Barabanov with say a Zabanajad and a Panarin? You know what I mean? So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that. Like he's proven, and this is not just some random guy that was like, oh my god, he's the best. But like <laughs> he's he's proven despite having a very kind of one and done play style. He's proven very effective when playing with good players. And so I think if you're a team that has good players and maybe you want to add a jolt to that, I think he's a guy you give a hard look at. Dude, bit of a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And those are always, always valuable. In fact, remember, I think the uh, the broadcast was talking about Cunning in, in the same way over the last week or so, that he has been thrust into whether he needs to come in to be a second line center, third line winger, this guy that like Cunning has proven to be that Swiss Army knife. Every team needs one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I, again, it's 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 that thing of you know what, Barabanov, you, you if you are able to return the Sharks, I mean this is a team that got a first rounder for Barkley fucking Goodrow. So if you're able right. to get a second rounder. Second or third for Barbanov at twenty nine at a really good price point. Maybe, maybe fuck. Maybe you get like a third and a sixth for him. Right, and 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 and, and maybe that's a little pie in the sky. But I definitely think Barbanov has some pretty good value. But conversely, as a twenty nine year old, I don't hate keeping you know giving him like after the end of the season. I don't hate the idea of giving him a two or three year deal. Yeah, just run it back again. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it at all. And and, and that's and, and that's the thing, right? Is with you know with Barabanov, like it's kind of similar to Declare Duclair, right? Where it's like you take it or leave it. Like whichever happens, I don't necessarily like I don't think there's a right answer, you mm-hmm. know? Well, after these twenty four games, Zetterlin is your lead goal scorer at seven. Hoffman was six. Eklund, Cunning, and Duclair all had five coming into this. I don't know that I have Duclair's numbers on this, so he might have like tied Hoffman at six. Yeah, he's at six now. 
There you go. But then on the blue line, last 12 games, a Hochu, dude, five points. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like nearly a third of the way into the season and Nikita is your point leader on the blue line? Another piece from the Timo Meyer trade. I was going to say, and not something I had on my blue line. The other thing that will bake your noodle is the fact that Addison is the one that's just behind him. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is you think about it, like Addison, he was the guy that was picked up after Greer had the come to Jesus meeting with the team the day before. (laughs) Right. You know, and said, if shit doesn't change, you know, we're going to make some changes. And all of a sudden Addison got picked up the next day and we're like, okay, well now what? (laughs) <laughs> and and the thing that's in Addison's favor is right is like I don't think like you know I I I do think there is more ceiling for him to reach specifically on this team you know I I I would like to see more but at the same time when you put all the defensemen kind of into a basket and you're just looking at what everybody has done like for not being here the whole year like he's already jumped to the front page right even, oh dude even though seamlessly I fit in so far. Right, even excuse me, even though I personally would like to see more, I do think he is leading that pack. Absolutely. No, I mean, we always, you know, of course, almost always we want to see more, but for a guy who's coming to this situation like we've talked about earlier where it's like, "Ooh, you know, good luck finding a seat on the D train." He's easily been able to like, "Oh, no, I found my space. I'm right here. I'm good." Well, and and among, you know, among defensemen, and I know it doesn't matter, but it is something to chew on. Among defensemen, he has the second best, I guess you could say, uh, plus minus rating. Yeah, who doesn't like that? Right, and it, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean everything, but it means something within the context, right? It, it, it means you're part of the solution, not the problem. <laughs> right, right. So earlier this week, the Athletic did a whole trade board. And the Athletic had Anthony Duclair at number 15, Capo Kakinen at 21, Barabanov at 24. Those were three Sharks in their top 25 trade boards. So three out of 25. How do you, like, Duclair, I get, and I will be the first one to say that I think that Duclair was a reclamation project that Greer had his sights on, thinking mm. that. Th- well, well, go ahead because I I don't honestly I don't consider Duclair a reclamation. Oh, okay, project. Uh, well then I phrased that incorrectly. I should have said I feel like Greer identified Duclair as a guy that we're going to get him on the team. We're going to maximize his value and then move him at the deadline to help us build. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. That that sounds fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Kakinen, Mm -hmm. number 21. You know, this is one of those things where I sit there and I go, you know what, this is is the play right now between Blackwood and Kakinen. One of these guys is going to stand out. I feel like one of them is moving at the deadline. I Obviously, Kakinen, this is his final year. Blackwood has one more year, if I remember correctly. Isn't Blackwood like a year younger than Kakinen? Not that that makes that much of a difference at the goalie position. Yeah, the Blackwood is um, Blackwood is 26. Kakinen is 27, so yeah. Yeah, so I kind of, I understand the idea of Kakinen. Actually, 
sorry, actually, Blackwood is going to be 27 in a week. So pretty much the same age. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I, uh, then that makes it interesting. The The thing is, if I'm Greer, and, I, and I'll throw this to you, you have Blackwood, you have Kaki, and you kind of sit there and go, well, you know, you, you dance with the one that brung you, you want to – Obviously, keep hold of the guy that you think is the future. And right now, I would say that that is Blackwood. But Kakinen is making that vision a little fuzzy. But the thing that is making it even fuzzier is the fact that Krona, McAniemi, the guys underneath aren't making you know their play to come up. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it would be different... If you had somebody at the lower level, be it McAnemy, Corona, whoever, somebody would come along and say, I don't belong here. I should be up higher. And I feel like none of the guys with the Barracuda are forcing Greer's hand, or I should say making it easier for Greer to make that decision to try to shop Kakinen. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I also think it's kind of a hard sort of a hard time to do that just because even though we, we've and you and I have agreed, like, who gives a shit that the trade deadline is three months away? Like if you <laughs> like if you if you can get value for somebody now, do it. Right. But at the same time, I do think that certain players will be better off to you value uh value return wise if you do kind of wait it out right because if you if you trade Kakinen now let's just say yeah maybe you can get something decent for um a team that needs a goalie but if you kind of just ride the wave and see if he can't string together some good games then all of a sudden your outlook is different i mean to your point Imagine those first 12 games of the season. It's like, we got to get rid of Kakinen. Like, the Sharks will be begging to get <laughs> yeah, him. Oh, right? dude. And now, all of a sudden, the, the next 13 games, it's all of a sudden, it's like, well, hey, hold on. You know, there might be a little player there, you know? Yeah, it has more wins than Blackwood. Right, I think, when it, I think when it comes to goaltenders, I mean, you kind of have to wait it out. But also, it's just, goalies are such a tough nut to crack, right? Yes. Because you've seen really elite goalies crumble and you've seen kind of guys who came out of nowhere are like stars at the right time you know so they're really a tough nut to crack well the other funny thing is that the daily face-off and their top 20 trade targets mike hoffman at 11 Mm -hmm. i don't i don't necessarily agree or i'm sorry I i shouldn't say i don't disagree with that i mean granted accelerated age but you look at his history, it seems like he just always, for whatever reason, comes into whatever situation and improves it. Mm-hmm. It took him a while, as you're saying, to crack the nut. It took him a little while to find his rhythm in San Jose, but clearly over the last couple of weeks, he's he's started to find it. And I would go back a little bit to what I said. I don't know how the hell Hoffman was on the fourth line tonight. <laughs> right. I, like, I don't get that. Uh, but Chief is starting to make the most of his opportunities. Hopefully he is a guy who can, uh, I mean, again, I don't want to uh, jinx anything. Like I don't want 
the injury revolving door to continue spinning. But when it does, Hoffman gets more and more opportunities to take advantage. We said it either last week or the week before. How, at this point, do you not ride the top line of Eklund, Hurdle, and Hoffman? Yeah. You well, know? and they, for a while, a couple games, they did exactly that. Yeah. And so that's why I was like losing my shit when I saw Hoffman on the fourth line tonight. I'm like, God damn, what the fuck? Especially if this is a guy who, like I said, accelerated age, one-year deal, has a history for coming into teams and just adding on and making things better. What are you busting him down on the fourth line for? Like, showcase this dude. This is a guy that you can move right now if somebody is going to come along and throw you something. I will also I will say this, as well, and again, everything you've said I agree with, but I will also say that certain players and i think mike hoffman is one of those players the the cachet that comes with his name mm-hmm. is almost enough to boost his trade value on its own right that's what i'm saying like i think he's got you know, numbers right and certain guys you know what i mean like you you look at okay so maybe they're you know hoffman being one uh grandland being another like you know they're they're not maybe they're not having a great season but they're still good players and so in a better situation or in the right again not better right in the right situation mm-hmm. you know you can flourish and so i think even if hoffman spends the remainder of the season uh on the fourth line i still think just based on name and previously shown talent alone he could get the shark something of course you want to inflate the numbers as much as you can, but I don't think him being on the fourth line makes him untradeable. Absolutely. Dude, last time I looked, every team needs a fourth line. <laughs> right. So you have that. The other one, though, I thought was a little odd was Kevin LeBanc at number 20. And so I'm, I'm just going, <laughs> dude, the Sharks barely have them in their top 20. Similar, but similar, but not the same where, I think with LeBanc, like despite everything that's gone on with him the last three years, like you've obviously seen what he's capable of. And so he's not small samples. Sure. But I do think, like I said, like I don't think you're going to get a lot for LeBanc. You might, you know, if I'm being optimistic, you might get a fourth for him. Right. But there are many teams out there. There are many teams out there who would, take a chance because of what he has done. And, and, you know, I think it's more likely than not that it doesn't work out, but I think a player a that's a player that's shown that talent, you, you know, I think if you're a team, you take a chance on that. You see if you can unlock something that's kind of been repressed for a while. And also like worst case scenario, you know, have you ever heard of a team that wins a Stanley cup upset that they have too much depth? True. True that. Again, I just hey, LeBanc is a guy that I root for, but I just sometimes, man, I watch him and I'm like, I I don't even know what sport you're playing here half the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Friedman earlier this week, which uh, a whole bunch of people glommed onto, which we will get into in a short minute. We'll we'll reference that again. Said the San Jose Sharks have let it be known they will consider a lot on the blue line in terms of who might be available. And intimated no one is off the table, including Mario Ferraro. And like, if Mario Ferraro was off the table, I would be going, Mike, what the fuck are you doing? 
Right. Well, and if you recall, uh, would have been last year's trade deadline. Not that anything was like concrete or close or anything, but you know, it was kind of dangled out there that you know a couple teams had asked. You know. Yeah, sure. But it's like if we're you know if we're breaking out the crystal ball, bring out that magic eight ball. We're looking at the little blue triangle. Mm-hmm. Vlasic is not part of the future. This is not Correct. somebody that we you know that we're really caring about. Like I said. Most expensive, highest paid seventh D man in league history. I have no problem with that over the next two seasons. Sharks aren't going to the playoffs this year. Uh, I would bet, I would put significant money. They're not going to playoffs next season. This is what I know. <laughs> How dare you say that? You're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's the whole thing. You look at all the contracts Greer has signed. It seems very clear that it's a three year process that they have in place right now. At the end of the three years, they'll reassess, see where they're at. Uh, and Mark Vla- Mark Edward Vlasic is part of the three-and-a-half-year, if you will. If they buy him out for the final year, I will still be feeling a certain kind of way, and it won't be fun. Mm-hmm. But you look at it, it's uh, Ruta through this year and next year. I mean, honestly, is anybody throwing money and offer – to get, I don't want to hear about what the the shit he did in Tampa. Chief is thirty three years old, making two point seven, playing bottom pairing minutes for the Sharks. Is this a piece that you think is going to be valuable at the trade deadline? Because I don't. Uh, I I do think so. Again, I think it goes back to what I just said a couple minutes ago. Is you've never heard about teams complaining about how much uh, having too much depth, and I think. A player like Jan Ruta, I don't think you can have enough of those guys. I, I believe right. it was I believe it was their second Stanley Cup. Um, I think Pittsburgh used like nine defensemen or something like Jesus. that. So you just you or never or know. what the Sharks call Thursday, right? And you, so you just never know, you know. All right. Uh, so <sighs> Jan Ruta, thirty three years old. I just go. Then you move on. Matthew Benning, 29 years old, 1.2 over this year, next year, and the year after that, three-year deal. I feel like Benning was signed to kind of be a mentor. This is a guy that we want here to drive the culture for the defensive group. Yeah, could be. Not expendable, especially at that price point. Is there a team that's going to take that on for with two years added? Probably. Probably not. You don't think so? Uh, it depends on their situation. I would say probably not. I think there are probably other options that they might look at. Sure, but I, I think also... I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just... I'm looking at the defensive squad, right? And I'm sitting there... And, and, and let's be honest. this We're trying to flip this and franchise around back into a winning path. I look at Mark Edward Vlasic, 36 years old. Clearly not part of the solution jacob mcdonald he's 30 years old people go oh my god he's 30 yeah he's making seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars. who fucking cares keep him around if he wants to stay around he's the highest scoring defenseman on the team right now <laughs> so go ahead keep him around jan ruta if somebody were to come along knock on the door and be like uh hey can can we take him off your hands for for a fifth or a sixth and it's like, yeah, you, you're going to eat all of that contract, including next year? Here you go. Take them. Benning and Burroughs, yeah, 
I, I mean, uh, you know, the, those are, are guys that you kind of love them, hate them. Like one guy, one team, ugh, one game you see him and you're like, ugh. the next game you're like, hell yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And I can see if it's, they're paying some of that money to instill some culture into the guys that are coming up that they want to instill whatever it is, a, a certain fight, a certain mindset, whatever it is. I can see that. And when you're paying them together 2.3 million yeah i'm okay with that thing is though like i think addison ohotuk and emberson i think those are guys you absolutely have to keep oh dude i haven't even talked about those guys because i completely agree with you the fact that mario ferraro is making more than benning and burroughs combined well and so that's the thing those those three guys that i mentioned those are guys that I think you absolutely have to keep. Yes. Uh, all of them Mario, are RFA. All of them 23 or younger. Mario Ferraro, I think you absolutely need to get rid of. And <laughs> be, well, because here's the thing. like It's exactly what we talked about just a few minutes ago. Um, but who's taking them? The, I think there's a lot of teams that would take them. I think all other Without the Sharks teams, eating salary? I, I, I think. I, I don't know. I, I'm starting. like. What do you think the think return eating, is that? What do you think the return is looking like on that? Six well, rounder? I, no, I I think as 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 not great as he's been for the Sharks, he has a lot of value around the league. Like I have no doubt in my well, mind. Well, because I mean, this is something we talked about either last week or the week before. It's like Mario Ferraro, f- fucking amazing shot blocker. Oh my god, look at he leads the league in block shots, and I'm like, yes, because he's on the team that leads the league in shots allowed. <laughs> you like people look at the raw people look at those raw numbers though, man. You know. Yeah, I know, but you get what I'm saying. It's the, you know, it's the it's it's this whole idea. Of, it's like, well, uh, you know, AJ leads his friend in you know time spent in a commute, and it's you know, and all my friends commute from Sunnyvale to San Jose, and I'm commuting from San Jose to Sacramento. You know, it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to lead it in that spot it's what happens but go ahead i don't know to espouse the beautifulness that makes up mario ferraro well no i actually don't think he's that good but i do think he has a lot of value around the league and i do think as much as i hate to say it similar to timo meyer like he's kind of at that age where you can trade him away and you can get something quality Kind of while a shit also, or get off the pot. While also giving the acquiring team a, a longer term asset. And I think as much as been has been talked about again um with the Sharks blue line, I do think that the Sharks have the backfill to trade away Mario Ferraro because say you do that, you've got Addison, you have Ahotuk, you have Emerson, you have uh Kinejov if he figures it out, right? Yeah. But then beyond that, you've got Thrun, you've got Mukamadulin, you've and got I believe Kinejov is the same age as Ferraro. Right. And so what I'm saying is with the Sharks, like you do have backfill uh that is worth, you know, hedging your bets on, so to speak, that you can trade away Ferraro and get something that might help you out in another area of your team. Your Mike Greer. Ferraro, okay. uh, Ferraro on your list, or are you thinking like to despite keep, to keep just, 
despite what you you know tell the media and blah, blah nobody's off the table blah 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 in the back of your mind behind you know closed doors where nobody can listen are you saying you know no motherfuckers need to get a backup you know like something significant to get for all because i believe in this kid and i think he's gonna help us going forward i love his motor i love his compete or are you kind of like you know oh everybody's on the table blah 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 i can't fucking wait get to get rid of ferraro like what like where are you at well i think with ferraro it's a situation where if you get a quality offer from him you move him and if you don't you have the luxury of time to hold on to him just because there's what there's uh two years after this year. So you've got plenty of time to figure out what to do. Right. And so I think if, if, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, we'd love to take Ferraro and we'll give you X, Y, or Z. And you think it's a quality uh, return. I say you do it. But if it's a situation where a team comes to you and says, Hey, you know what? Like we don't really want to do this deal now, but we like where the player might be a year from now. We can talk about it then. I would be okay with that too because you've got so much team control with him. All right. We we have to move on, but I do want to get to Kevin Lacey's comment before we go forward because I it's kind of something that we touched on before. Ferraro's issue isn't that he's bad. It's that he's a second pair D playing on the first pair. Well, I, I I mean, dude, we've said that like all season long. He's just he's not being deployed correctly, but it's not Mario's fault. It's a lack of options. Right. So, there you go. Uh, let's move it on. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the social, but there seemed to be a decent amount of people flipping their fucking lids. The fact that the sharks were wearing teal buckets while wearing road jerseys is, is this really that big of a deal? Um, I don't think it's a big deal in the sense that like I would bitch and moan if they went back to it, but as a, you know, as a fan of like fun uniform styles and quirks, I think it's really cool to do. And I hope, and I, I was actually talking about this with a couple people. Like, I think wearing, you know, your colored uh, helmet uh, on the road with the white jerseys, I think that's going to be one of those things uh, similar to wearing white at home, where like we will remember the time before it happened, but <laughs> eventually, but eventually, it's just going to become normal where you don't even think twice about it. Like, I kind of think that's See, where things are going. I'm not even thinking twice about it now. Like, until I saw it called out, I'm like, oh, they are? Give, like, it, unless somebody pointed out to me, I wouldn't have even fucking noticed. But that's fine. Shit happens. Uh, you know, not everything is for everyone. Which uh, leads me to Reddit. Oh, this was fun. So, for those of you who don't know, there is a social media platform called Reddit, and they, they, they talk about the Sharks, they talk about hockey, they talk about hockey jerseys. They literally talk about everything under the sun, and when I say talk about it, I say that's probably a synonym for needlessly bitch about shit that doesn't matter. But that's, that's pretty much all of social media I think we could all agree on. But uh, I got a big kick out of a comment. Somebody started a thread or what? Is that what it's called on Reddit? Because I don't pay attention. I don't give a shit. Is it called a thread? A post. A post. There you go. Somebody started a, a, a post on Reddit 
that said, uh, name, name us your, give, I need podcast recommendations. I'm a Sharks fan. I need recommendations for podcasts. And it was primarily held to what I will euphemistically refer to as the big four. There's us, there's Fin Factor, there's Locked on Sharks, there's uh, Shang. I, is, is it just the San Jose Hockey Now podcast? Is that what it is? Correct. Okay. So what I will refer to as the big four. There's, you know, Tara Sloan does the undercurrent and Ted Ramey does the uh, Sharks Audio Network stuff. There's there's dudes on hockey. They're circling the cup. There's, who am I missing? There's, oh, over the boards, I want to say. I think that sounds right. There, there's at least a, f- a few more that weren't even mentioned. But there was somebody who came along as uh, the, the critique from the handle deep underscore excitement 1192, which I did post in the Reddit that we would be commenting on tonight. His comment was Teal Town USA is probably the podcast I would not recommend. Now, again, I just start off with the fact that as soon as I read that, I kind of chuckle and I go, well, he said podcast recommendations. It didn't start off with podcasts I would not recommend. <laughs> but either way, I guess, so I got a kick out of that right off the hop. And he said, whether it's continuously complaining about Jersey designs, downtown San Jose changing and impacting the team, repeating outdated jokes, parenthetically Borat, or passing themselves off, uh, uh, passing themselves off as journalists, by taking other sports media content and passing it off as their own, their streams don't stand out much and aren't any different and in-depth as I'd like to see or hear from a Sharks podcast. Uh, I just wanted to take the time, and and I'll probably do the same on Reddit because uh, not everybody listens to us, and which is fine. <laughs> it's, it's more than fine. But I, I saw this comment and I'm like, I just want to kind of address these directly and one by one, continuously complaining about jersey designs. As far as I know, like we this season, I don't know that have we really talked about jerseys at all because there haven't been any new jerseys really to talk about. I mean, we poked some fun at the Vegas and Seattle. What What is that? Is that the Winter Classic or whatever the hell it is? Poked a little bit of fun about that, but like continuously complaining. I mean, sure, if that's your vibe. Uh, Downtown San Jose changing and impacting the team. We haven't talked about that since last season. Repeating outdated jokes, parenthetically Borat. I mean, what is it? Like once every 10 shows, me and you might go, my wife, you know, to say something in two seconds over a two-hour show. I mean, if it if it bugs you that much, sure, I get it. I think it's a little presumptuous that you think that there's not somebody out there that goes, you know what I'm missing in a Sharks podcast? I want to listen to somebody that continuously complains about jerseys, tells me what's going on in downtown San Jose, respectful to the impact of the tank, but I want them also to use Borat inflections. It's very presumptuous to think that there's not somebody out there that's looking for that. 
And the thing that really got me, though, was passing themselves off as journalists by taking other sports media content and passing it off as their own. First off, we have never passed ourselves off as journalists. Not once, not ever. We are quote-unquote considered media, just like Brody Brazil is considered media, not a journalist. Ted Ramey, media, not a journalist. Curtis Pichelka, journalist, writes for a living. Shang, journalist, writes for a living. Uh, but the thing, and then, what was it? Taking other sports content, passing it off as their own. Give me a single example. We always credit anything that we talk about. We don't take somebody else's content and say, oh, we're going to talk about this. We clearly don't write about it. The website is hardly has any articles on it. We'll talk about something that is reported. We never pass it off as if we came across that information. If anything, there are actually some other people who will look at a quote from a Darren Drager or an Elliot Friedman or whoever, and they will parse an 18-word quote into a 200-word article. But anyway, I got a kick out of it. I just want to say deep underscore excitement 1192. Dude, you gave me a chuckle, and for that, I, I thank you. I got a, I got a huge kick out, out of that comment. I thought it was hysterical. So let's move on before we get out of here. Around the horn when it comes to the NHL. Last week, we asked, the fuck is going on with Corey Perry and the Blackhawks? And uh, now we know. Had not had nothing to do with Connor Bedard. Perry put out an apology, evidently seeking treatment. Good for him. And I want to say best wishes. Hopefully, he is able to turn it around like Jim Montgomery has. If you don't know, look it up. But you, t I mean, bro, Jim Montgomery, didn't he take leave from the Dallas Stars to seek treatment? Am I right in that, Jerk? He resigned. Res wow. Went full resignation, and now look at him. King shit behind the Boston bench just wrecking stuff. You talk about a bounce back, dude. Huge. Sens versus Panthers last Monday. Have you ever seen a game where everybody in the ice got a 10-minute misconduct? Definitely, I think, speaks to the uh, lack of the officiating. Way that, the, the way that game got out of hand. Dude, how does a game that get that far out of hand? Was that like like a, a just, you know, a kachuka fuck? Well, I was going to say, you know, you think about who the arguably the best player on each of those teams is. And, you know, it's not <laughs> just just meet let them both meet outside by the bike racks. Right. Whew. All right. So this is something that I wanted to get into a little bit, dude. The NHL All-Star Game, we're, we're going back to the draft thing, really? How, how do you feel about this? I, I, I didn't have a problem with the three-on-three. -three. I, I didn't care for it, but I was like, eh, it's fine. Well, they're still doing the three-on-three. -three. Oh, are they? Not, yeah, it's to, they're sort of mixing the two together where it's still oh, going to be. The, that just goes to show you how much they're, how, how poor of a job they're doing getting this out. Well, it's it, it's still the three on three tournament. It's just instead of divisions, it's going to be the 
player drafted teams, which <sighs> like like everything they've done with the All Star Game, uh, with it, like everything they've done with the All Star Game, I think it's a fun idea in principle. But but they're gonna I'd fuck it up. Well, I'd be curious to see if they can get the players to care. I'll be curious honestly, to see if they get the fans to care. Honestly, I think I think the more exciting uh, addition to the All Star Weekend is having the uh, the PWHL showcase. I think that's honestly the most exciting new addition for me. Okay, so what you know, what, dude, when they did the draft, the viewership went down exponentially. It was bad. They did it for three years. It kept going down and down and down. People didn't like it, and now they're going back to it. And I saw something that said, now to get out of the whole embarrassment that Phil Kessel went through as the last man chosen. Oh, he was last man. Let's give him a brand new car. No, no, no. Now it's going to be like when it gets down to like the final four, there's going to be some other interesting way that they're going to get around it to not make people feel so bad. It's like, really? Is that where we're at? I don't know about you. When I was on the playground... And we were picking kids for like kickball or volleyball or whatever it was. There was always the last one picked. Nobody like went to the corner and started crying about it because they're last one picked. I just, I, I don't get that process of it. The other thing that I don't care about, we're, we're now making this three days. People didn't watch it when it was two. I love the fact that they're bringing in the PWHL. Absolutely love that. But you're, are you really going to tell me that they can't have a PWHL exhibition an hour before the actual All-Star game? Is that a problem? Well, well, the thing is, though, it's like the All-Star weekend, it's not, it's not about television viewership. Like, those are big mingling events for sponsors, and there's also a lot of young fan engagement that creates a buzz for people who are either new fans or newer fans. So I don't think the NHL, I really don't think they care all that much about the viewership just because the benefits from other angles of it are totally worth it for them. <sighs> I just like, I could barely get through it in two days and now you, they're going to stretch it out to three days and I'm going, you know what? My weekend just got even more and more open. Like I'm, I'll, I'll record this, but you watch how fast I speed forward through this. I, like I'm, I'm down for some of this stuff, but uh, I don't think it needs to be a three day event. Um, let's move on to our tweet of the week. Now this is both fun and funny. The ECHL has announced that there will be a team starting to play in Lake Tahoe next October. For those of you who are local, like to go up to South Lake Tahoe, which I love. I think it's fantastic. They're playing at a brand new event center that is being built in that area. Maybe, I want to say, oh, two blocks east, northeast of Bally's, which used to be known as Mont Bleu, but very close, easily a place you can just pop right over, catch a game. I'm telling you right now, talking to my best friend, and we're already planning, like, yeah, we need to be there for the opening game next October. Keep an eye out for when those tickets go on sale, because I love it. The one thing I don't love 
What the fuck is a night monster? Seriously. Like you could have just called them the Tahoe monsters. Now I get it. There's a team in where that used to be Lake Erie. Now it's Cleveland plays in the AHL. The Cleveland monsters used to be the Lake Erie monsters. That's fine. That's, I mean, look, you have the New York giants. You have the San Francisco giants. It's all fine. But what the hell is a night monster? Could it have not been just the Tahoe monsters? And now, to take it a step further, ECHL teams, from what I've seen, how many, for the Sharks, how many ECHL affiliates have the Sharks had in like the last 10 years, Jerk? I remember the Fort Wayne Comets at one point. Allen Americans. Wichita uh, Thunder. Wichita Thunder. And I don't think it was an official uh, affiliation, but I know during the pandemic they were had players going to the Orlando Solar Bears. So you look at this logo and you're like, eh, yeah, but how great would it look when San Jose takes over the affiliation? I got to tell you, that looks pretty fucking boss. The Yeah, go from the Tahoe Night Monsters to the Lake Tahoe Monsters? Hell the fuck yeah. And Mike Molasses even calling out the Fresno Falcons. Stockton Thunder as well. Oh, yeah, but the they were uh, attached to... Oh, no, 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 no. Stockton Thunder, before they went Stockton Heat and attached to Calgary. Yes. But either way, dude, I'm looking forward to that. So, it is our 200th episode of this. Did you ever think after 10 shows we'd be at 200? <laughs> <laughs> No, we've uh, we've come a long way. So, you know, cheers to all of you in the chat that have hung out through 200 episodes who have come along and joined the party. I know, what was it, through 50, 60 episodes, somewhere in there, it used to be that we would pre-record it, and then at some point we just said, fuck it, we'll do it live. And that's how we've been rolling ever since, and... Uh, I think we have a little bit more production value now that we've been going live, a little more preparation. But give me like, you know, three of your favorite moments over these previously, these, these two, like 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 a Taiga saying, congrats on 200, cunts. <laughs> give, me, give me your, you know, just three memories that stand out for you that when you just... You know, you roll it back in your mind for a second. And it just makes you gives you a chuckle. Uh, not a or, or let's go back and forth. You do one, I'll do one. Not a specific memory, but I do find enjoyable. Like and and you know, we've giving it a name. The zero bump, like the zero bump, is a relic <laughs> is a relatively new name, but it's something that has been kind of a thing off and on for a while. You know, it's just only recently that it had an official name. And I I find it enjoyable when the zero bump hits just because it's kind of, you know, it's 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 a lot to, like, put yourself out in a public sphere and, like, talk about 
something that is widely polarizing and a lot of people have uh, opinions on. And so to kind of put something out there and then have it end up being correct, like, sure, maybe it's ego based, but I also think that it is a bit vindicating to be like, hey, like, I know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I'll put it out to the chat. Share your favorite, you know, if you've got a favorite thing, Marty T says AJ's fake infomercial. Uh, Talking the the Gus Nyquist trade coming down while we were live on air. That might have been, and that was like one of our first live shows too. Was the Gus Nyquist trade breaking down? So that was again like not so much fun as much as it is just like really cool to be like, hey, this thing sort of fell into our laps live, and we got (laughs) to snap it around, you know? Oh yeah, because you don't. I mean, dude, how many times do you see info come down the pipe late on a Sunday? Mm -hmm. You know. I will say, uh, you know, one of my favorites was uh, back when Rocket was was with us, and for whatever reason, I was like, okay, we, you know, the Sharks were in a state of flux, kind of like, okay, we we need to start making projections now. Okay, do the Sharks make the playoffs? Rocket, oh yeah, jerk, absolutely. Okay, I am unsure. <laughs> that as far as like one liners go or like quips like that i think is probably towards the top uh, dude that... because 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 of how unexpected it was right <laughs> like because that was you know we've since um we've since become a lot less regimented yes but you know that was at a time where it was very um, you know, not, not, not to say that like answers were picked out or anything like that, but it was more like, okay, like let's just have one big fact sheet and then kind of like snap it around and, and see what, you know, kind of, you know, know what we're going to talk about. And so the fact that like that was just like off the dome, like in a time where everything was like super like dialed in, like I, I think is what added to how funny it was. Absolutely. I like, I like the, the fact that when we switched over to this live YouTube thing, that for a, a, a while, it was the case that uh, I would change the graphic that represents you on every show, whether it was the shirt you're wearing, the background that's behind your avatar, and I would randomly spring upon you the change for that week. <laughs> and yeah, just, that was always fun. Just to get your live reaction. was Because there was one time where I had a shirt that you were wearing that said, I want you to be less stupid. Well, I I think for me when when that uh when that bit was a thing, right? <laughs> Keep Tahoe I, blue. Yeah, the the Tahoe the Tahoe one was the best one just because of all the dialogue surrounding the Tahoe game and I think well, and and what what was fun too was that you know what the shirt was going to be was not something that I was clued in on. It was very much a surprise, right? Yeah. And so to have, you know, a a, a 90 second dialogue about how stupid talking about the Tahoe games. I shouldn't say talking about Tahoe games, but talking about, oh, the Sharks should have been in the Tahoe games. Like, I I recall, like, I went, it was like a 60 or 90 second thing about how, like, just, just, you know, who cares? There's no fans anyway. Like, it literally does not matter. Who gives a shit? And then <laughs> from there, with the fact that, talking about how dumb the Tahoe game dialogue was, and then the fact that I was this uh, essentially going in blind every week to what the shirt was going to be. Oh, it was fantastic. Then, yeah. To then like be like, Oh, I almost forgot. Here's your shirt. And then it's directly related to Tahoe after I did a whole <laughs> thing about how I was sick of talking about Tahoe. Like 
or it was just it was immaculate immaculate timing or or the fact that i like spoke for like three minutes straight just all over the place and i'm like so jerk what do you think about that <laughs> what do i think about what yeah and that <laughs> see i and at the time like i remember at the time because that was that was our first season when like you know still trying to get you know my chops as like a as a talker right and then so <laughs> to completely and there was no real reason for it to just completely like you know, space out essentially. And then like to get a question and I was like, okay, like <laughs> I, I had it. About? <laughs> it. Well, it was a very formative choice there. Right. Because I could have easily, you know, been diplomatic and been like, Oh, can you, you know, can you repeat the question or can you give me better context? But I was kind of like, you know what? Like, like let's be funny. Let's be kind of stupid. And so I was like, Oh, what do I think about what? Which, legitimate confusion but also like well i might as well steer into it you know uh, absolutely and you know and this is the thing that i did not see coming ao coming in on the chat A-O. i missed the aj soundboard you know it's funny there are like a one or two people that have brought that up like oh i missed the days of the soundboard but unfortunately or fortunately depending on who you are uh, that was uh, a feature of the show, a component, if you will, that for whatever reason seemed to get more negative than positive comments. So took it away. And, you know, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. It leaves me one less thing that I have to worry about. But there were definitely some, I will say, one of my favorites was you were talking about like Don Scoy not performing or you know it's like well look at how long it's been since he's had a goal and i said oh oh wait i i, I think we have some audio from don Scoy, and it was the, <laughs> the aol sounder was like, goodbye you yeah See, <laughs> that was that was one of the times where the soundboard was perfect because again right? it's just a, it, it wasn't like it wasn't really teed up it, it wasn't, wasn't planned it was no, just it in just, the moment yeah it just dropped in but i think i mean the Donskoy, like you mentioned, Donskoy, right? The whole, the weekly bit of like, okay, it, it, this is today's date and, you know, Donskoy <laughs> is still not scored a goal or it's today's date and Yannick Hansen is still on the team. You know what I mean? Like, that was always like, you know. Oh, even the, though, like, the, 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 how many goals do you think Bodker, you know, there's six games left, AJ. How many goals do you think Bodker's going to have? Oh, fuck. How many does he have? 14. Okay, not six. Right. Yeah. Some of those bets. Yeah. So I think what we're trying to say is it's been a lot of fun doing 200 episodes. Not everyone was fantastic. It's fine. <laughs> but there was definitely a few that I think Jerk and I can look back and and back when Rocket was with us, like we can look back at those and say, you know what? Those are some really fucking good shows. They were they were funny. They were informative. We whipped it around. We imparted a little bit of knowledge, but maybe we also gave the listener a bit of a chuckle here and there, which let's be honest is what we're here for. This is infotainment, right? Share a little info. Hopefully we give you a laugh once in a while. That's all we're here for. So, I mean, 200, you think you got another 200 in you or, or this might be it? <laughs> Uh, is, we're gonna do we're gonna do two hundred more this season. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I was I thought you were about to say, yeah, this is uh we didn't want to uh, like let you know, but this is our last show ever. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah. Well, it's, you know what? Talk to us in uh, April. We'll see if we if we get to uh, I don't know how many until then. Probably like another twelve. Um. I want to say that's probably in the ballpark. Maybe mm, depend. I don't know ex- when exactly the season ends, but I think uh, two, if ten, I'm two twelve somewhere there. Two no, dude, more like two nineteen. Oh really? Okay, so when we get to two twenty five, we might call it. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> Chris, of course, pointing out we need to stop pretending to be journalists. And I would agree with that if we had ever pretended to be journalists. But it is what it is. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. But before we do so, we got to cover that other team for a hot minute. Ooh, Barracuda. Oh, another week where you kind of go, oh, so close. The Barracuda played three this week, including a 5-3 win over Coachella. 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 There you go. Coachella Valley which Gvanki found a goal and two assists. Bordalo also pulling two assists, but things went kind of south over the weekend. The Cuda lost to the Tucson Roadrunners 5-1 to one on Friday and then 7-5 to five last night. Just not the weekend that Magnus Krona or Makaniemi were hoping for. The Cuda do remain 8th of 10 in the Pacific, I still want to know when John McCarthy's seat is going to start to heat up over there on the coaching side. The Cuda are going to host the Ontario Reign for a pair next weekend, including Hockey is for Everyone Night next Saturday. I will be there. I hope you are too if you're in the neighborhood. Support that. Hockey is for everyone. Say it loud. Say it proud next Saturday at TechCU. But remember, for Teal Town USA, you got to follow Ian Reed, Sharks Jewels. Lacey jumps in there from time to time. Marky Mark jumps in there from time to time. Hit them all up for live tweets and gifts when it comes to the Barracuda games. Good sir, it is prize time. So we we you know we 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 have signed signs and we've got bobbleheads and shit to. Fucking handout. And for those of you who have not yet received the prizes that you have won, don't worry. They're coming. Everything's going out this week. I was kind of locked down over the last couple of weeks with work, but I have carved out a day this week that everything's shipping. So, what the hell did we put on the menu last week and who won? So uh, this is a, this the, is the whole this is always the time that I throw it to jerk because thankfully not only does he keep track of what the hell the contest was but he accepts all the entries and I appreciate that about you man. The contest for this past week it was combined uh saves from the four games. Ooh. Wow, and I bet I bet that New Jersey or um was it New Jersey? Yeah, the New Jersey game kind of bumped that number up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've had, you know, we do have a winner, by the way, worth saying. Hell yeah. We've had, you know, most of our comp- our contests have, you know, really, really stuck to the uh, closest without going over uh, policy, right? As you should. Uh-oh. Um, I feel like you're turning it on its head right now. 
this one, we had an exact winner. Oh, right on the dot, number down. Yeah, somebody somebody's guess ended tell, up being the exact number. Tell me, tell me, it is not somebody who's already won. I don't believe it's somebody who's already won. All right, that's that's uh, love to hear that. Room in the budget, baby. Yeah, lay it on I, me. Uh, so this person, they they've played in every contest this season too, which is awesome to see somebody finally get rewarded. Hell yeah. Um, the winner. They said 141 saves. There were 141 saves. The, the winner and new champion. Jason Lennon. Hell yeah, I've seen that name around. So uh, I, I'm i not going to dox this person, but we should let's not. just say I, uh, I was very intrigued to see where this person resided. I think it's very quite interesting. Oh, I'm not going to dox them. Christ almighty, please tell me it's the US-48. It is the US-48. Thank you. Oof. But yeah. So Jason Lennon is our big winner. As I said, they've played, uh, they've played in every contest this year. They played in. I don't know if they played in any of the contests last year. Oh, dude, I thought you were gonna like take it a step further. It's like played in every contest this year. They played in my fantasy hockey league for the last three years. <laughs> they follow me on every social media platform. Yeah, they didn't. Just looking at it, they didn't play in any of the contests last year, but they've played in everyone this year. So Hell to yeah. get rewarded, uh, you know, Love sticking to see with it. it too, you know, because like you lose, you know, I know for me, like I, if, you know, I enter a bunch of contests and I constantly lose, it's always like, gosh, why do I even enter, you know? <laughs> but, so it's All right. Awesome. Shout out to Jason. I've already got the address, it's already on the sheet. So on the you sheet. just need to, you just need to go in there and dish it out. Give it the old look. All right. The old lookaroo. So what are you thinking about this week? The Sharks wrap up their season-long six-game six road trip this week. Games against the Islanders, Red Wings, culminating at Vegas next Sunday. So I have two questions, of course. The game finishes in Vegas next Sunday. It will Jerk be here next Sunday? <laughs> still to be determined still to be determined wow okay so that's that's okay so that that pisses out the fire on the other question i had so <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means there's going to be another pucknologist takeover of after dark yet again a little bit on the late side because if i do recall the vegas game versus the sharks next sunday starts at 7 p.m pacific which is usually when we go on not the case. So we'll be on immediately following the game. Uh, so we're not sure if the jerk man going to be here, but I do need to know if we're going to be announcing a contest winner for next week, what in fact will they win when it comes to the question? What are we doing? Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to let you take this one. I feel like I've kind of, piled on for the last few weeks it's time for you to pull one out okay and so i've got so just three so, games three games right. all on the road so just so it's in just so we we know we've we've done uh power plays or i'm sorry yeah power plays we've done we've total done, time on the power play uh we've done combined save percentage we've done uh combined shots for combined shots against combined block shots shot saved goals allowed shot saved. Face-off win of, percentage. There's all sorts of shit. 
Yeah, I I think if I had more confidence in Nico Sturm's health, I think his <laughs> face-off percentage might have been a fun one to that do. Yeah, we actually, no, we have we have that all in our back pocket. We haven't done it yet, but yeah. But, but for thinking, all we know, Sturm might might play on Tuesday. Right, and and there's you know I I, I would hate to say that's going to be it, and then he doesn't play. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, um, but so, but that's the chance you take, my friend. <laughs> yeah, the closest person to zero, I guess, would win, right? Oh, dude, <laughs> I was literally thinking about that earlier where I was just kind of like, you know it would be a really fun one to do this week? Hmm. Total time on ice for Mark Edward Vlasic, and it was like $1. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to say. But I, but I do think, I do kind of like your thought process because of because of the log jam at defense, right? Can I throw something out? Can I throw something out at you? Just, just sure. you, you can take it into account if you want to use it. You can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Over the next three games, which defenseman has total time on ice? That's that's what I was thinking because we we talked about Addison, so I was thinking Addison time on ice. Yeah, like. You know, like Ferraro seems like the see, but that's the whole thing is that if we say which defenseman, they literally only have to like choose. Let's be honest, like one of six, it needs maybe to one be, of seven. It needs to be somebody like it has to be one of the guys in the middle, right? A Burrows, uh, a um, a Burrows. If he wasn't hurt in Emerson, I would say like either a Burrows or an Addison or an Ahotuk where his average ice time per game is kind of a moving target. And so you really have to think about it. I like total time on ice for uh, a Because think about it. Like there could be a game where a gets 12 minutes. There could be a game where he gets 19. So yeah. how do you, how do you reconcile that? You know? All right. Well, you got to pick one, bro. So we can announce it. Total time on ice. I would say, because again, power play penalty kill factors in as well. Yeah. Total time on ice for Kalen Addison. That's what I'm saying. Okay, time on ice, Kalen Addison over the next three games that come against the Islanders. What's the other team they're playing? <laughs> uh, Islanders, Red Wings, and Golden Knights. Oh, that's right. The Islanders, Red Wings, and Golden Knights. We're putting this out right now, December 3rd. So this coming week, time on ice for Addison, Islanders, Red Wings, Golden Knights, your answers must be in before the puck drops on Long Island versus the Islanders on Tuesday. Yep. So there you go. Total time on ice for Addison. Again, for those of you who have previously won, haven't received your prizes yet, they are shipping out this week. And, you know, give it a day or two because it is the silly season. The post office is overrun. So just letting you know. Uh, the other thing that needs to be taken into account is the bet, which right now still remains the same. You're at two because those games are at home where they have to hand out tacos. There are no tacos to be given away on the road. Unfortunately. But I have to say over these last like six games, I'm, I feel like I'm going to get hosed. <laughs> <laughs> So, once again, the Sharks are going to wrap up this season-long six-game roadie this week. Games on the aisle, games in Detroit, and finishing up at Vegas. Might uh, Jerk head to the Vegas game to give the Sharks the bump? We don't know. We will all find out following 
Sharks versus Golden Knights next Sunday. The one thing I wanted to do, though, is I wanted to give a, a quick shout-out to Jewels. We love Jewels. Can't say enough good things about Jewels. But apparently I can say enough good things because there was a discussion during the Discord. And again, you want to get on the Discord, hit up hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter. But I told Jewels in the Discord, I'm like, you know what? You are you're you're a badass. I dig that about you because you're a badass. And her her response to me was, I'm sorry, I don't take compliments from people who aren't badass. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so let me just tuck this between my legs and I'll see myself out. <laughs> I just really liked her. Dude, it just goes to show you what happens on the Discord. So on Twitter, you can find him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me, but don't don't worry about it. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave your take in the comment section of this video if you were not able to join us live. Remember, follow us on that YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate it. And again, if you can't follow us live, hey, all this stuff's always on repeat. You can go back and listen to it at your leisure. That is the beautiful thing about podcasts. So, Jerk Man, I will uh, leave it to you at this point. 200 shows. Felt like it was a good one. Uh, okay, yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel okay. Um, see, this is see, this is what's really exciting for me. Oh, shit. Is we're, we're done, and it's early. I can have dinner at a normal time. Oh. I can watch a movie with my wife. You're like, right. We'd only be like halfway through right now on a usual night. I'm I'm already I'm 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 already I'm ready to I'm ready to fire it up. Uh, <laughs> or like you're already like going you're looking at Nick Sunday going, fuck <laughs> <laughs> like I have to go to the game because I'm not going to midnight. <laughs> Sound about right, dude. Dude, we're hosed this month. The only time we're not doing a takeover is like Christmas Eve or whatever. Like if Christmas was on a Thursday, we would have been hosed the entire month. Right. I feel like it. Oh, Ramon coming in hot. Love it. My wife. Yeah. That was for for my for our fans on 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 the Reddit. <laughs> So uh, with that, I will just say I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your evening tonight, and we're uh, we're gonna catch you next week after the Sharks finish up this ridiculously long road trip. And again, we're all going to be surprised who's joining me next Sunday night following Sharks versus Vegas. Have a great Sunday and an end to your weekend, everybody. Good night. <laughs>